This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. First, a cybersecurity concern that is ongoing. U.S. government officials say there has been an attack on federal agencies, hospitals, and schools. Senior government officials are racing to limit the impact of what one cyber expert is calling potentially the largest theft and extortion event in recent history. American targets include multiple federal agencies, including the Department of Energy, plus Johns Hopkins-affiliated hospitals in Maryland and Florida, Georgia's statewide university system, and the Minnesota Department of Education, British Air was also hit. The six-count federal indictment of the suspected leaker of Pentagon documents. 21-year-old Jack Texera is accused of posting dozens of intelligence reports on a gaming platform. Some included information about the war in Ukraine. A Massachusetts Air National Guardsman was arrested in April. A dubious distinction and a record-setting fine for former Mayor Bill de Blasio. This is a big fat, I told you so, from the Conflicts of Interest Board. It told the mayor he couldn't use city cops on out-of-town political trips. He ignored the board, and now he's paying a huge price. Serious allegations about UFC star Conor McGregor. On the same night, he made headlines for this stunt, punching out the mascot at the NBA Finals. A woman says McGregor violently sexually assaulted her in a bathroom at the arena. McGregor's reps are denying the allegation. Today is a, it's a happy day and a very sad day for me. And it's a, it's one of the most difficult days I'll ever do in radio because I'm leaving WFAN. Uh, June 30th will be my last show. It's not an easy decision. It wasn't when I made it. And now that that day has come where I'm acknowledging it and talking about it, it uh, has not gotten any easier. No, it sounds funny, but I just can't stand the pain. Well, I'm leaving you tomorrow. Sunday morning. Oh, Sunday morning. Big one this weekend, folks. Father's Day coming up on Sunday, and it's our day. Right? We don't get a lot of credit. Dads are just dads. Mom gets all the credit, and deservedly so. I'll just speak uh, about my house. Danielle does everything. I mean, I get up every morning, and I put on this spectacular show, and have great success and make an okay living. Not great, but I do okay. And uh, that's what I do. And then I spend a lot of time with my kids. I'm a great father. But the truth is, a lot of the grunt work that gets done all day, paying the bills, this whole house 
disaster now turned beautiful the last couple of months, whether it's Mike Butler or PA or the insurance folks or any one of those things, taking the making the kids doctor's appointments, I'll take them. But Danielle does all that work. She does. But, but, again, I'm a very active father. I got a lot of buddies. Most of my buddies are not. Some are. Some will take their little kids to Little League. Some, now they're older, they'll travel to see their kids in college. But most of my friends, they didn't do much. You know, they made livings, so there was money, but they weren't there for baseball practice or tennis practice and just didn't do that type of stuff, you know. We took the uh, their buddies and played golf eight hours on the weekend, while me, I went from birthday party to birthday party to birthday party all those years, all of them. I mean, Monkey Joe's and every bounce house place, and from Sunrise to Fort Lauderdale to Miami to Boca. I was every weekend, Ava, Gabriel. That was my life. It really was. So... There's a lot of pops out there that don't get the respect we deserve. So show it on on Sunday. Sunday's Father's Day. Now, on this show, for example, Lou Rafino, not a dad. Justin Ellick, not a dad. Noam Layton is a father. In fact, has a son named Gabriel. What are the odds of that? You have two kids, right, Noam? I do. You have a, I forget now, it's a daughter, right? No, I got two boys. Same, two boys. My kids are almost exactly the same age as yours. So I got one that just started high school and one that's um, in college. Very nice. Yeah. And then we've got uh, my dear, dear buddy, Corey Zellner. He'll join us next segment. Real estate mogul, beautiful guy. His aunt loves when I say that, real estate mogul. He's uh, in studio. He's got a beautiful daughter, Bailey, who is uh, wrapping up her college education at Maryland. And then you got Curtis coming up at 7.05, and he's got more kids than Sean Kemp with, with uh, more women than Will Chamberlain. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. He's got a busy Sunday. <laughs> <Yeah>. Hopefully. Probably. <laughs> I want to uh, actually test Curtis today because Sean Kemp, once they texted him, they, uh, tested him, he has nine kids, and he, uh, he only knew like seven names. Two of them he had no idea. So we'll do that with uh, Curtis Sleepwood today, plus he'll yell about uh, real estate with Corey Zelnick, and then he'll do the Ari Kagan stuff. But Sunday is Father's Day. It's a special date for us. We're going to spend this Father's Day with my dear friend Mike Sullivan, his lovely wife Donna, and their three kids. Mike, of course, Mr. Brennan and Carr, and probably go to Jordan's Lobster House out on Long Island because we all love lobsters. So that at least is the uh, the temporary plan on this Friday morning. But, of course, it could change. So that's how we start today, Father's Day coming up on Sunday, that beautiful song by Lionel Richie and the Commodores, Easy Like Sunday Morning. You did hear at the very end of today's big stories that Justin Ellick puts together every morning, my buddy Craig Corton, for a while yesterday, a long while, for hours, this was the number one story on NewYorkPost.com. Number one, not de Blasio, not Eric Adams, not Trump stipping that Miami restaurant it was Craig Carton. And you know Craig's story? The guy um, came to FAN. He and I worked together 25 years ago, 25 years ago, in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And then uh, I was the guy that recommended WNEW hire him when Scott left, and they did. So me and Craig worked together 23 years ago, hosting the morning show at 102.7 WNEW-FM. 
And I was a, a big-time station back then. The radio chick, Leslie Gold, Ron and Fez, Don and Mike, and, of course, the powerhouse, Opie and Anthony. But things went really badly between me and Craig. I left. I went to WFAN. He eventually left and went to NJ101.5, the Jersey guys, and we spent the better part of 10 years maligning each other on our respective radio shows. Didn't like each other. And then Craig took over for Imus, Craig and Boomer. And to Craig's credit, he built a powerhouse, a powerhouse. And all the stories about Sid Rosenberg and all the monies I've lost, which is a lot, it's in the millions, it's in the millions. All the opportunities I've lost, rehabs and jails and disappointments. Craig took it a step further when right in the middle of his unbelievably successful morning show campaign, he was arrested by the feds. Couldn't believe it that morning. I was uh, at the old station with Bernard, and there was Craig Carton getting arrested. I was like, what? And you know the story. And when the New York Post called me and said, listen, you and Craig don't get along, give us some dirt. Instead, I told them, no. I know the kid for 20-plus years. I like him. He's got an issue. He's got a gambling problem. I've got a million problems. And today, I am more sympathetic to Craig than I am angry. And that's what the New York Post wrote. And Craig saw it, and he was shocked. Because I'm sure once he saw my name next to the actual story of his arrest, he probably thought, oh, my God, Sid's going to pile on. And I didn't do that. Instead, I wished him luck. And at that point, me and Craig reached out to each other. And I can tell you that year, I guess, that he was here before he went to prison, he and I got very, very close. And I did email him a couple of times. I didn't go visit him like Chernoff and Olivero, but I did email him. And then since he's gotten out of prison, we talk all the time. He's been on this show. I go on his show on WFAN. And to me, he's a brother. In fact, last Friday night in New Jersey, they celebrated my dear friend Arnie Wexler's 50th anniversary abstinence from gambling, the New Jersey Compulsive Gambling Center. Craig was a keynote speaker, and me and Danielle went to support both Arnie Wexler and Craig Carton. So you heard rumors the last couple of weeks that uh, Craig may be leaving FAM because what he's been doing is he does a four-hour or three-hour Fox Sports show on TV every morning. Gets up at 2.30 in the morning, does a TV show, and then does the afternoon show at WFAN. And the schedule became too much. Look, he didn't see his family when he was in prison. He wants to see Kim, his wife, wants to see his kids, but he needs a good living. And if you saw yesterday's New York Post, Fox Sports is paying him millions of dollars, seven figures, millions of dollars, so he could afford to leave one job behind. And the truth is, Radio WFAN, they're not going to pay him that. So he picked Fox Sports. So again, at the end of the Open, we'll do it again here. This is Craig Carden announcing two weeks from today, he's done at the fan. This, Lewis, is cut number 13. Today is a, it's a happy day and a very sad day for me. And it's a, it's one of the most difficult days I'll ever do in radio because I'm leaving WFAN. Uh, I know there was a New York Post story a few hours ago that I acknowledged that and announced that. That story is accurate. Uh, June 30th will be my last show 
on WFAN, and there's some aspects to that that I, I want to be uh, open about and clear about and direct about. Uh, I love Evan. Uh, it has nothing to do with Evan Roberts. It has nothing to do with anybody here. It has everything to do with me and my personal life and the opportunity that I have now uh, via Fox Sports to do a show on Fox Sports 1. So if I can backtrack just for a moment, WFAN is family to me. WFAN is everything to me. I am a 30-plus year radio talk show host, and radio is all I've ever done well. Radio has been like a family member to me, starting all the way back in Buffalo, New York, making $12,000 a year and going from uh, city to city over the course of about 10 years and then ultimately being fortunate enough to land here with Boomer back in 2007. And I love radio. It's all I've ever done, and like I said, it's all I've ever done well. So making a decision to walk away, not just from radio, but very specifically from WFAN, is not an easy decision. It wasn't when I made it. And now that that day has come where I'm acknowledging it and talking about it, it uh, has not gotten any easier. So 23 years ago, when Craig and I did the morning show at WNEW, we had a, a young kid who was interning. That kid spent half the week interning for me and Craig the other half the week interning for Gary Delabate and Howard Stern. And that kid's name was Chris Olivero. And one day I'm on King's Highway in Brooklyn going to a video store, because back then you couldn't go on the computer to get movie cuts. You had to rent movies, VC, VHS movies. And I'm walking down King's Highway with Chris Olivero, and he goes, you know, Sid, one day I'm going to run this company. I said, what, CBS, CBS Radio? He goes, yeah, one day I'm going to run it. And son of a bitch like Joe Biden would say, he did it. And he ran the company and ran it well for many, many years. And then he retired. He just stopped doing it. He was in his 30s, made a ton of money. He's a great kid. Chad Lopez and him are very, very tight as well. He stopped. But then when Craig got arrested, he told CBS at the time they were, they were not Odyssey. They were Intercom. He said, I'll come back and I'll run all your stations, all of them, 10-10 wins, CBS, all of them. But only if Craig Carton gets out of prison, I can rehire him. They said, what? He said, yeah. I'm loyal to Craig. Started our careers together, him and Sid. When he gets out of prison, if I can bring Craig back to FAN, I'll come back. And do you know that CBX actually put it in Chris Olivero's contract in writing that, yes, when Craig gets out of prison, you can put him back on the fan. That's how loyal Chris has been to Craig. And Craig recognized that yesterday. Craig Carton, cut number 14. When I got out of prison, I lived in a halfway house in Brooklyn. And then I was moved to a halfway house in New Jersey, still fully estranged from my family, recognizing, you know, that I had a lot uh, of make goods uh, to start, uh, namely with family members, with friends, people I let down. And while I was starting to do that and attempting to rebuild my life, I had a saint in my corner. And that saint, and he hates it when I use his name, but I'm going to, is a gentleman by the name of Chris Olivero. Chris and I have known each other for more than 20 years. He was my board operator at WNEW back when I did the show with Sid Rosenberg called The Sports Guys. And he has maintained his support of me as a friend and really like a brother throughout all the ups and downs of my radio career. And when I got myself in trouble, he came to visit me. And he told me something in prison that if I ever got my life back in order, if I ever really got it back in order, 
and have figured out why I made the bad decisions I made, that he would be there for me. No guarantees of a job, but that he would never stop being my friend. And having a guy like that as your friend, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Because not only is he my friend, he paved the way for me to come back to WFAN. So there you have it, folks. Craig Carton will join us today. Tomorrow is his big annual softball game, raising money for the Joseph Lem, former great cop. The Joseph Lem Foundation out at John Katzmatidis Field on Staten Island. I'll be one of the players on Craig and Evan's team. Craig will join us coming up this morning at 940 to talk about tomorrow's game and the end of his WFAN career. And despite my name trending yesterday as the most likely replacement for Craig, <laughs> no, no, I'm not going anywhere. We got some negotiating to do here, but I uh, I want to be with John and Margo and Chad forever. And I love this job, and I love this radio show, and I love this station, and I love just about everybody here except for one person. I love everybody here. And I want to be here. So it was a lot of joking around yesterday. My name was thrown about about 100 times. But I'm going to be here. And it looks like at least the rumors are that Tiki Barber, the former great giant money back and right now midday partner of Brandon Tierney, will replace Craig, join Evan Roberts. And that will be your WFMAN afternoon show. We'll see. But Sid Rosenberg, I'm staying here. John is my guy, John Katzmatidis. You know, um, Brian Kilmeade is going to join me at 740 this morning. Brian Kilmeade filled in that old Tucker Carlson spot this week on Fox News. He brought me on Wednesday night, and I talked about the Daniel Penny case. I think I said three times, Daniel Penny's not a criminal. He's a hero. And I talked about all the stuff I've talked about on this show. This is the only show in America that's had Penny's attorney, Thomas Kniff, on two days in a row. All the stuff you heard here, toxicology reports, race, all that nonsense. Well, talking about my man, uh, John Katzmatidis, the mayor, the esteemed mayor, the great mayor, on 3 o'clock every afternoon, Rudy Giuliani. He was on with John and Rita yesterday, and he talked about Daniel Penny, and he talked about Daniel the same way I have been for months, which is basically, he's a hero. Rudy Giuliani, cut number nine. The guy should get a medal. I mean, people on the subways coming home tonight, they're probably... 50 that would love to have had him on their subway train, having having probably gone through a crazy person yelling at them, women getting touched where they don't want to be touched. This is this is crazy. And and then to put the fear in people of trying to protect other people, that's really horrible. I mean, doesn't Bragg have any common sense? That was one major story. The other, of course, is still this Trump-Biden stuff and the back and forth. Why is Trump arrested? Why does Biden have thousands of boxes? Nothing's happening there. Clearly, there is a double standard. The great defense attorney, Joseph Takapina, my friend of 46 years, who will join me this morning coming up at 810. He was also on, like Rudy, with John Katzenmatidis, my guy Katzen Cosby yesterday. And he talked about Biden weaponizing the DOJ. Here's Trump's attorney, my guy Joe Takapina, cut number seven. It's really unbelievable because, and look, there's no mystery as to why, right? It's simply because there's an obvious weaponization of the justice system in full effect now. And and I cannot believe they thought, and they mean the Biden Justice Department, thought this was a really good idea to go and indict Donald Trump on classified documents case. I mean, really, really, I mean, when, when first of all, it is to me unconscionable, it's unconscionable that a 
All right, there you have it. So, so much to cover today. We have a huge guest list on this Friday morning. Huge guest list. Again, my dear friend Corey Zelnick is here. He'll stop in every weekday morning. This guy's been doing a phenomenal job. He really has. So proud of him. Curtis Sliwa coming up at 7.05. Brian Kilmeade on After Me on this station, 10 o'clock every morning. Mr. Fox News, he'll join me at 7.40. Joseph Takapina coming up at 8.10. Chad Lopez going to stop by and talk about what he's done in Washington, D.C. this week for AM Radio. Larry Kudlow. Coming up at 8.40, New York Post columnist Michael Goodwin coming up at 9.05. And yes, WFAN host, although for only two more weeks, Craig Carton, he'll be here at 9.40. Going to be a monster Friday edition of your favorite talk show in New York City, folks. That's me, Sid Rosenberg, right here, exclusively on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Happy Father's Day, folks. Sid and friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Refugee 629 on your Friday morning again. A plethora of great guys today. Corey Zelnick, Chad Lopez, Curtis Sliwa, Brian Kilmeade, Joseph Tacopino, Larry Kudlow, Michael Goodwin, and Craig Carton. All uh, stopping by today. Corey's in studio. I just want to get to uh, one or two more stories, and then we'll have a nice conversation with uh, Corey. You know, later on tonight, you sports fans, the Mets beat the Yankees two days ago. I forget now, you're a Mets fan, right, Corey? You're a Queens guy. Yankees. Wait, didn't you grow up in Queens? I was in Queens till I was about 10, but my father was born and raised in the Bronx. So oh, really? I, I got Yankees in the blood from uh, very early on. But I know you're a huge Nick fan. Yes. And you've been very generous <laughs> to me and Danielle and Gabriel, giving us, you, you sit second row. I mean, you sit right there with the major stars. In fact, I think you're friends with Chris Rock, right? Friends with Chris. And, uh, you know, I got to know, you know, through the seats, I got to know Mike. Green, Mike Green, yeah. And, and his guy, Dave Free. You know Dave Free? I know Dave for 30 years. I know. You know he, yeah, he since loves the Coney you. Island days. And, yeah. and so we talk yeah. all the time. That's and, awesome. Yeah. But I know, but you're not really a big baseball fan, per se. I, I lost, I played baseball as a kid, and, and, but I lost interest when it, you know, there was a reliever brought in every five minutes. Right, and, right, right. Be, you saw the old guys. Yeah. Baseball is great at home because you can watch five other things right. while you're watching a baseball so game. So you're bored at the game. Bored at the game. Okay. I was there two nights ago when the Mets lost to the Yankees. The Mets did beat the Yankees Wednesday. Both local clubs enjoyed a day off yesterday. They're back at it today. The Mets will host the St. Louis Cardinals. And uh, the Yanks are in Boston, big series against the Red Sox. 
But a game tonight that's getting a lot of national attention is the NL West second place Los Angeles Dodgers. They're 39 and 30 right now, two back of the Arizona Diamondbacks, and they're going to host the San Francisco Giants tonight. But that's not the story. You may remember a couple of weeks ago, Bill O'Reilly came on this show, and he was furious as a proud Irish Catholic. He was going nuts that the Dodgers doing this ridiculous gay pride month. My God, enough of that. Jesus, you're gay. Great. Congratulations. During this ridiculous gay pride month, the Dodgers will be honoring, and it's coming tonight, it's tonight, this anti-Catholic drag group. And they go out there and they put on skits, this group, where they make fun of Jesus Christ. They literally go out of their way to bash, humiliate, and embarrass Catholics. So for weeks, people like Bill O'Reilly and me and others have been basically begging baseball's commissioner, Rob Manfred, and the Dodgers not to do this. Don't do it. Well, tonight's tonight, Dodgers and Giants, they did cancel initially because of the pressure, but then they got more pressure from the gay groups and the left, and they brought it back. So, my guy out of Florida has been on the show a bunch of times, Senator Marco Rubio, did a TV ad where he destroyed the Dodgers for hosting this Catholic hate event tonight, which they are going to do. They are going to do it before the game against the Giants. Here is Marco Rubio. This is really disgusting, by the way. This is Marco Rubio Lewis, cut number 12. On June 16, the Los Angeles Dodgers will present an award to a group that they consider to be community heroes. It's not a soup kitchen or a veterans charity or an orphanage. Those would have been obvious choices. They've decided to award a group called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, which is nothing more than an anti-Christian, anti-Catholic hate group. Its members have dressed for years in perverse imitation of Catholic nuns. They've burned the Pope in effigy, and they've performed sick parodies of the Eucharist, the most sacred of all Christian ceremonies in the Catholic faith, in which the body and blood of Christ is replaced with a condom. These sisters, as they so call themselves, are so blatantly anti-Catholic, so diabolical, that other gay activists have publicly condemned them. And yet Major League Baseball has seen it fit to honor them as heroes in front of tens of thousands of people at Dodger Stadium. Why is this happening? Because they're afraid. Afraid of being persecuted and bullied by the woke left. Do we really want to be a country that celebrates hatred and obscenity because we're too afraid to go against the status quo? Or do we want to be a country where the truth, not men dressed as nuns, reigns supreme? The time has come for us to make a choice. Because if we choose wrong, I guarantee we'll regret it. Wow, great job there by Marco Rubio. So two days removed from... My friends Joey Borgen and Abraham Hamra, with the support of Dove Heikind, going out and having that big rally outside the CUNY Law School. There was hate there, too, for the Jews. Dodgers hating on the Catholics tonight. New York hating on the Jews just about every day. Does beg the question, Corey, what the hell is going on? If we, if we just continue to acquiesce to the small percentages, we're dead. We're dead. Uh, look, at, look at what happened, you know, Bud Light. What happened to Bud Light? What happened to Disney? You yeah. just, you, we know this. On a, these groups are such a small percentage, and we just we have to stop acquiescing to every uproar. We have to. Yeah, but, but, let me but, do that. But Manfred's, Manfred's scared of his own shadow. He's scared of his own shadow. Yeah, he's not great. I mean, yeah. I do like the rules that he put in this year. Yeah. I love the pitch clock. I'm sorry. I that, mean, I used to watch Steve Traxel 
They used to call him the human rain delay. Yes. I mean, he wouldn't stop. Uh, it would take him an hour to throw each pitch. So I do like the pitch clock. And the truth is, games are now being played in less than three hours because if you think baseball is boring in person, yeah. sit there for four hours oh, for yeah. a nine-inning game. So some of the new rules I do like. You like the man on second base in, in the extra I, I don't love that. I hate that, actually. Very unnatural. Right. Very I don't unnatural. like that. But um, this other woke stuff that Manfred, uh, you know, for a while there, remember, football, Colin Kaepernick kneeling for the national anthem, F him. Then you had basketball, that ridiculous year a couple of years ago, that's your favorite sport in the bubble. Everybody wearing BLM and all these ridiculous social messages on their jerseys. It was really football and basketball because the truth is those two sports, the players, are predominantly black. Yes. Baseball was, was lagging. But now, Rob Manfred, this is a really ugly story for him in this league. Absolutely. I think, I, I think it's going to, I think it's going to turn off a lot of people. Yeah. I, I, you know, it'd be interesting to see Dodger Stadium empty. It's not going to be. Though. I know. They're sold out. And uh, it is California. And if Pete Morgan called me today, as angry as I am, and said, <laughs> I got Met Cardinal tickets for you tonight, I'll be at Shea Stadium. Excuse me, City Field. Yeah, and Shea Stadium's minutes. okay. Shea Stadium's yeah. okay. I still call it Shea. I, so do I. Yeah. So do I. City Field. <laughs> hey, uh, traffic is uh, coming up next with Joe Nolan, more of Corey Zelnick, and, of course, this unbelievable guest list. But right now it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Everything you need to know in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and get the max out of mini. Listen anytime on the 77 WABC app. Today's minicast is from the Rita Cosby Show. Here, Rita talks about that fat, stupid fool, the DA, Alvin Bragg. There were groups that were blocking the subways when nothing had happened to the Marine, and then suddenly Alvin Bragg circumvents the system and just goes forward and charges him, and then he sends it to the grand jury afterwards. But he totally rushed the process because he was seeing all these protests. That's not the reason to go after somebody. You're supposed to investigate it, look at all sides. Why should this Marine have to go through what could be months, potentially years of trial now? Maybe at the end of the day, he may get exonerated, but it is going to be a very difficult process. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built boilers. No on-field action to get two from yesterday for the Mets and Yanks. But both teams back at it tonight as they open up respective three-game sets. The Mets look to turn over a new leaf with the St. Louis Cardinals in town starting tonight at 7.10 p.m. in Queens, sending Tyler McGill out there to start against St. Louis's Miles Mikolas. As for the Yankees, they're in Boston tonight, also at 7.10 p.m. to open up their weekend series against the rival Red Sox. Domingo Herman will get the ball in game one, while the Sox will send out Tanner Houck to counter. Uh, the Oakland Athletics clear another major hurdle for their planned relocation to Las Vegas after Nevada Governor Joe Lombardo yesterday signed the bill pledging $380 million in taxpayer money toward a $1.5 billion stadium for the Oakland Athletics to move to the Sin City, leaving only the approval of Major League Baseball to finalize the club's relocation to Vegas. Over the last five years, all of Oakland 
Oakland's pro sports teams, the A's, Raiders, and the NBA's Warriors. They've all moved out of the city. And a quick check-in of golf's U.S. Open from Los Angeles Country Club. They'll see Zander, Zander, I should say, Shoffley, and Ricky Fowler atop the leaderboard at eight under par after round one. Other notable names include Dustin Johnson, just two back at six under par. Roy McIlroy, 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 T5 at five under. And world number one, Scotty Scheffler, looking in the shadows with a three under 67 to begin his week. Here with sports, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. To find a dealer near you, they're the world's best built boilers. And I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Oh, no, I get by with a little help from my friends. California. That girl's name, Janaya Butler. I like Jenea her so much. I love her. It hasn't been in a while. We got to get her back. And she's a young lady, African American, works in the hip hop community, and and uh, works with uh, young kids in the black community. And is really a very, very good leader. I like her very much. And uh, she came in one day, and we were talking about the new hip hop museum, which is coming to New York next year. There's actually a restaurant on 23rd and Park, and it's called Veronica's with a K. That has a little museum upstairs now, but the big one's coming next year. And we started talking about the greatest hip hop rappers of all time. And my beautiful wife Danielle listening right now, and my son Gabriel love Tupac. They, as far as I can, but now I admit Tupac is more talented than Big E, but I always like Big E, Brooklyn guy, you know, the hypnotized thing, fat guy banging people like Faith uh, Evans, you know. But I admit Tupac is the most talented. He was a brilliant writer. His songs are great. He can actually act. Poetic justice. He was terrific. He made a bunch of movies. And they're both dead, of course. So uh, so my wife is always playing Tupac in the car, and I get very angry when he says the N-word. And the the ridiculous consensus and misconception is that's okay. Chris Rock could go on stage, and I love Chris Rock. I know you do too, Corey. He says the N-word about a thousand times. Every song Tupac sings, all these guys. I go, if, if, if black people really want this word to go away, stop saying it. So even though I admit Tupac is a tremendous talent, and I love that song, I'm sick of black artists throwing that word around like you and I throw around the New York Knicks, and it's okay. It's not okay. So as soon as I hear the word, I'm like, shut that off. Shut it off. I don't want to hear it. That's every, that's, I'm so that's, sensitive to that. That's every artist today. I know. It, it, well, not Luke Bryant, <laughs> not Jason Aldean, you know. I would play his music for Gabriel when he was a baby, and now he loves him, too. That's Danielle. So, anyway, happy birthday to Tupac, who's uh, long dead. So, coming up on Sunday is Father's Day. You've got a beautiful daughter, Bailey. Now, she's graduating this year, right? No, she, she's going into her senior year. Yeah, this year. She just, yeah. she just finished the semester abroad in Barcelona. In Spain. Yeah, it was fabulous. We she were, loved it? Yeah, she loved it. Because uh, my daughter Ava and uh, Neve, they went to um, uh, Ibiza in Spain. 
Yes. And Barcelona's lovely, right? Barcelona's fabulous. And, and, and Bailey had the opportunity to do a lot of traveling on the weekends to various countries. And I was so, so happy for her. Every time I spoke to her, I got a yeah. tear in my eye. Yeah. Because I never had that opportunity as a, as a kid. So I was so happy to see that. Well, you have a lot of money. I mean, you, you're, you know, like John Katzmatidis. Yeah. I know you love John. Yeah. John is a self-made man. Mm-hmm. Not money as a kid. Right. Now he's worth billions. Same thing with you. Well, I'm not. Not there yet on the billions. No, but you've uh, made millions. I made, I made, I made money. Yes. I've made money yes. along the way. And you did it. You did it. So I know you're, you're a humble guy, but, and again, not billions like John, but both very successful people. So I'm, I'm giving you a, a ton of credit. I appreciate it. I, I do know that, um, you know, you, you're a great father, a great father. And, and one of the reasons why I think you and I became so friendly way back when was the whole family. Now, since you and I became friends, you married Jessica, lovely girl. Yeah. Uh, you've known Danielle and my kids uh, forever. Is Bailey going to be home this Sunday? Yeah, she's home. We are. We she and I are having uh, Sunday. We're going to make it lunch, not brunch. She and I are having Sunday lunch together, and then uh, we'll have dinner uh, with my mother and with Jessica and with Bailey. Yeah. And then Monday, I know you're fully aware, is Juneteenth. I'm so fully aware. I people... actually went. I went to the bank this morning to take out money for my driver, Gene. And there's a big sign on the front of the bank, closed Close on Monday. Months. And I get my car, and Gene's a black guy. I go, why are they closed on Monday? What's Monday? And he goes, he's a black guy. He goes, oh, that ridiculous holiday, 18th. He only called it 18th. I go, oh, my God, that's right. That's it. 19 African-American holidays. Market's and, uh, closed. Everything's closed. They closed the market on that that's day? It. That's it. It's all closed. Wow. I had, to, I had to send out a memo to the to people in my company, letting yeah. them, reminding them and letting them know that, while the office is open 24-7, yeah. uh, it's it, it's an off day. Uh, so Bailey and I are going to have a lunch again on Monday because nice. she's not working. She's working at um, Kith, the designer brand, K-I-T-H. Danielle would know that. Yeah, Danielle would know that. Ava would know that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Bailey worked there last summer. She's there this summer uh, having a blast. And it's just great. And she's very, very happy being home. She really enjoys working. Yeah. She gets a kick well, out of it. Well, she's like a father. I yeah. mean, Danielle just texted me. She said, he never had that opportunity. That's why he's so successful. She gave you a compliment, too, Danielle. Thank you, Danielle. Love you, too. Yeah. Uh, and Bailey's a lot like you in that respect, which is, which is great. Yes. So I want to get to what you do. Uh, Curtis is coming up in 10 minutes, and he takes every opportunity to hammer you. But don't don't feel bad. I know. Arthur Idala, Joseph Takapina, uh, Frank a, Mar- everybody. Sid, that's, Sid uh, Curtis beating me up, right. that's a badge of honor. A hundred percent badge of honor. He used to do it to me, but now he's scared. I'm going to kick him off the show. So now he's nice to me. Believe me, I know his game. But uh, so he <laughs> says, this Zelnick guy comes in, and uh, Corey is a real estate commercial. You know, you've heard Suzanne Miller. She's got a very popular podcast here. She does the residential stuff. In fact, I saw her in an event a couple of weeks ago. But you're my, my close friend, and, and you're really successful in this business. But you're on the commercial real estate side. You said to me, look, things are picking up. But I said to you, Corey, you got to be honest. I walk up and down the Upper West Side. Every other store has a for sale sign. Every other store. So which one is it? Are we back? Are we coming back? Are we close? Real estate in New York, commercial, where are we? We're back. We're back. We're back. You sound like Eric Adams. We're back. I'm telling you. See, well, what you know, are all these, these stores? Hold on, hold on, hold no, on. All right. Are you yelling right. at me? I feel like you're yelling at me. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> caffeine kick. Caffeine kick. Uh, the, the city is so segmented, okay? The Upper West Side is a problem. It's a problem, child, as far as the city and goes. And why is that, you think? Because your rents are too high or just... 
The people are too old. And you know, we we don't want to get overly political, but we call it the upper left side. Right. Okay. And let let's just start there and end there. Okay. All right. There's plenty of people there. The, the the apartments are filled. There's people with a lot of money that live there. But when you walk along the streets, you know they have a the upper west side is a neighborhood with the hotels that house the immigrants, the homeless, and what have you. Not a good look. Right. They live on the the island that divides Broadway. They build tents and they live there. Not a good look. That's why you live on the east side. That's why I live on the east side. <laughs> Born and raised. And your office is on the east side, so you're no dummy. We're staying east. We're staying east. No offense. Right, but, but the east side, I've been told, and you know, John and Margo live there, yeah, too. Yeah. I've been told that not nearly as bad as the west side, but there are some for sale signs on no, the no. east side. First of all, you have to understand how big the city is and how many stores there are and all that. It's never going to be fully occupied. Is that okay? because of the COVID stuff? Because there's just no work here, or because of the mammoth size of the city, which one? Well, is it? It, it's a combination, right? COVID, the COVID thing has passed, except for Midtown Manhattan. So you got to put the box around the city, a, a box around Midtown, and say, call it 23rd Street to 57th Street, 3rd Avenue to 8th Avenue, and put a box around it. But everything in the neighborhoods is booming. Um, you know, and you can go from high end to low end. Madison Avenue, luxury. 57th Street to 72nd Street. If you go there right now, every store is open, occupied, and being built out for luxury brands. Now, 57th that's, to 72nd. On Madison. That's the highest end. I okay, grant but you. But your uh, store, which is in your building, yeah. which Joseph Abu would use for many years, rented from you, that his beautiful store, that's on 49th in Madison. He left like five years ago. It's still vacant. Yes. And, and if we pay attention in class... We recall that a minute ago I said there's a box around Midtown, right? That's a problem. We're not getting the flow of workforce. And then uh, Jamie Dimon and J.P. Morgan Chase are building a campus. Yep. Okay, they're building a 2 million square foot tower, and then they drop the immigrants at the Roosevelt Hotel a block away, and he goes berserk. You know, you want me here. You want people here. I'm bringing them here. I'm telling them to come to work, and then you do that. You know, the politics – is all over real estate on so many levels. It just, they, they hold up people that want to open up new businesses administratively, the, the rules and regs. People got to jump through more hoops than you can even imagine. To and even the banks now. I mean, the banks, they're not giving anybody any money. It's very difficult to get money. Well, well that's on an, on a purchasing perspective, but for, even okay. from, uh, on a leasing perspective, right. it's very, very hard to get through this. People want to open up restaurants. They got to file for a liquor license. We get that months and months and months to get approvals, things like that. I'll tell you who's another burden to the to the expansion of real estate on a daily basis. Con Edison. Con Edison. Con Edison controls this city more than anybody can imagine. More than Eric Adams. Or, more or than Eric. 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 Who? Con Edison controls everything. I have stores that I've done op- that have built out. They're sitting, built, fully staffed, ready to flip a switch, but Con Ed has gotten their way over to the store to turn them on. So they just haven't gotten there. Panda Are they so you, busy? Panda Express. Yeah. yeah. Panda Express built store paying rent for nine months. They can't open because they can't cook. And they paid rent for nine they months? Have, they have no choice. They built their store for free rent. They built their store, and then the rent came due. Can't turn the switch. So now all of our negotiations on a go-forward basis have to include when Con Ed flips the switch. Wow. And nobody controls that, landlord or tenant. Huge problem. It's a huge, huge problem. Wow. Yeah. Now the uh, the village places much downtown in the city. Yep. 
Uh, Battery Park, we lived there the last four months. Looks pretty good. Yeah. Looks like most of the stores aren't back uh, uh, occupied. Uh, Five Die, looking pretty good, yes? No. No good. Five no Die, good. no good? They're not coming to work. They're, they're not coming they're to not work. They're not coming to work. This, I know that after 9-11, a lot of the buildings converted from commercial to residential, which was great. It was a great plus for Five Die. But post-COVID, they're not coming back so fast. Wow. Yeah, you got a lot down there. Yeah, ESPN is down there now. Right well, on the they're water. they're on the sea in the seaport. So right, that, that's touristy. That's going to draw people. But 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 they are built. Whole Foods just opened up on Wall Street, uh, which is a good thing uh, for the people that live there. But overall, it's slow. You walk. You've walked through the Oculus, of course, every day, every yeah, day. Right. But if you look at the stores, they're mostly empty. They're mostly yeah, empty. Not mostly, they, but some are. It, it, I'm still waiting for that Dunkin' Donuts. It's been opening for seven months. Kind of like uh, maybe they're waiting right. for Con Ed, too. I don't, I, don't, I, don't I, laugh. I, it's not even a joke. Well, it's one real. of the stores down there, though, in Battery Park, that has brought in an unbelievable amount of, of traffic, and I, I imagine revenue, too, the reopening of Century 21. That yes. was a big deal, Corey. No, that's a big plus. And, and, and so when, when Curtis comes in here to beat me over the head, yeah. I'm going to remind him that people like Century 21 are coming back. Century 21, as you know, was born and raised in Bay Ridge. Correct. Okay. Is that one still there? No, it's been long gone. Wow. But now they've decided they're doing a whole development. The, the, the Gindy family owns a lot of the real estate there, tearing it down. They're going to rebuild Century 21 and then bring, bring in multiple other retailers to revive it. And so, and I agree, where I agree with Curtis, crime is awful. Homeless is awful. Short run, that's a big problem. But all of these things, the Century 21s and the companies that I'm involved with, they're all long-term thinkers. These are companies that are signing 10- and 15-year leases, so they're committed. So give me a few more besides Century 21, long-term thinking companies Uh, that want to be in New York. uh, Panda Express, uh, Smashburger. There's a company out of the South called Raising Canes. You're going to start to see them everywhere. What do they do? Chicken fingers. Chicken fingers. Okay. My buddy John, for example, he owns all the buyout bars. Okay. They're popping up, not really in Manhattan, residential areas, but they're popping up everywhere. You're going to start to see this. People want to eat. People want to be here. People want to be a part of the long-term growth of this city, and it's not going to end. There are companies uh, five below where every product is $5, Uh, Marshalls, people like that that are taking an opportunity to take advantage of some real estate. Bed Bath & Beyond, everybody's reading about Bed Bath & Beyond going bankrupt. They're done. Yeah. You know what? Every single Ped Bath & Beyond across the country, because retail is amazing across the country, is committed to somebody else already. Every one of them. Every single Even the one, one by my old address on 89th and Broadway. Every single one will be committed to wow. somebody. Before, right. all, all the landlords are waiting for now is to get the keys. Okay. Well, that sets up an interesting discussion coming up with Curtis. He's got a lot to discuss. Ari Kagan, Craig Carton, but he's going to go back and forth with uh, Corey Sonley. That was terrific, by the way. Thank Great you. job. Thank you. And we got a huge guest list the next three hours, which does include Curtis Sliwa, Brian Kilmeade, Joseph Takapina, Larry Kudlow, Michael Goodwin, and off of the big news yesterday, Craig Carton will join us at 9.40 this morning. A very exciting three hours about to come your way. Sitting friends in the morning. Happy birthday, Tupac. Happy Father's Day. Hour number two, coming at you. Come on. Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid 
and friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Today is a, it's a happy day and a very sad day for me. And it's a, it's one of the most difficult days I'll ever do in radio because I'm leaving WFAN. Uh, I know there was a New York Post story a few hours ago that acknowledged that and announced that. That story is accurate. Uh, June 30th will be my last show on WFAN, and there's some aspects to that that I, I want to be uh, open about and clear about and direct about. Uh, I love Evan. Uh, it has nothing to do with Evan Roberts. It has nothing to do with anybody here. It has everything to do with me and my personal life and the opportunity that I have now uh, via Fox Sports to do a show on Fox Sports 1. So if I can backtrack just for a moment, WFAN is family to me. WFAN is everything to me. I am a 30-plus year radio talk show host, and radio is all I've ever done well. Radio has been like a family member to me, starting all the way back in Buffalo, New York, making $12,000 a year, and going from uh, city to city over the course of about 10 years, and then ultimately being fortunate enough to land here with Boomer back in 2007. And I love radio. It's all I've ever done, and like I said, it's all I've ever done well. So making a decision to walk away, not just from radio, but very specifically from WFAN, is not an easy decision. It wasn't when I made it. And now that that day has come where I'm acknowledging it and talking about it, it uh, has not gotten any easier. No changes. Wake up in the morning and I ask myself, is life worth living? Should I blast myself? I'm tired of being born, even worse, I'm black. My stomach hurts, so I'm looking for a purse to snatch. Cops give a damn about a need, bro. Pull a trigger, kill him, he's a heat, bro. Get it to the kids who the hell cares. One less hungry mouth on the welfare. More Tupac's poor on his birthday. This song changes, changes for Craig Carton. No more radio, it'll be television in two weeks. That brings us... To a man that has earned earned the right to be on this show every weekday at 7.05 because he's great. The bottom line, he's great. And that's Curtis Sleva. Now, yes, we know Craig is leaving. He's making changes. But um, we're about to hear a major announcement here, second consecutive day, that you get a big radio announcement. Carton, I'm leaving the band. I'm going to TV. And Curtis Sleva is about to drop a whopper on you, talking about changes to Pac Shakur. And what is that, Mr. Sliwa? Well, as you know, you were rumored to be the replacement. You're happy here, right? Um, yes. I mean, I, yeah. I want more money. Right. <laughs> I'm going to come know, out and say it. <laughs> I am but, yeah. very unhappy here. Walked out on the bus yesterday again at 520. Now, you've done that two consecutive days. Two consecutive now, this days. Is, this is, I know most of the stuff you do on radio is shtick. This right? is not shtick. This is not shtick. You, you've been walking around. You've been really angry. Pissed off Well, what's the, the problem? Well, well, let's get to that momentarily, and I'll tell you why. Because the backstory is, I come in here in the morning, and you know I've done radio before in the mornings many times. Yes. I think I've had more radio partners than ex-wives. You were alluding to that earlier. Yes. And by the way, who you were comparing me to in terms of having uh, multiple children? How about LJ? Remember? <laughs> LJ. You yes. had to go all the way uh, to some other guy. I went, right? I went to Sean Kemp. No, no. I actually saw Larry Johnson in Central Park walking through there at 4 in the morning. 
He said, Curtis. I said, Larry, what are you doing here? Wasn't too far from the Rambles. So I was wondering what the hell he was doing. But anyway, I digress. So anyway, I walk in here in the morning. You got two guys. Right. This is the top-rated morning show of all time. All time. One o'clock in the afternoon, the Army comes in here. More people than I can count on my fingers and toes. And I've made complaints about this. This is a disgraziata. You can ask Lou and Justin yesterday. I had a meltdown on the Rip and Read, 12 midday. Three major mistakes. Not their fault. They're overworked. Uh, the substitutes that they have are not ready for prime time. They're training interns here. What the hell are you talking about? This is a major radio station, number one in the nation. And I actually said at the end of the show, you heard it. I don't know if I'm going to be here tomorrow. You did say that, yes. This and you is, were serious. This and, is crazy. And then not only do you say that at the end of your show, but uh, I've been told for the second consecutive day, you were invited to go on our mutual dear friend. We love him, John Katsimatidis' great afternoon show, to discuss the Daniel Penny story. And as far as I know, you can uh, confirm and or deny, you're so angry that two consecutive days you said to Matt, no thanks. Matt Waning, I said, see you later, alligator. <laughs> I jumped on the R train. I was out to Bay Ridge, 86th Street, 4th Avenue, to endorse Ari Kagan. Oh, Ari Kagan. In the 47th Council race. And you know why? The day before, I heard on the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion, probably Craig Eaton, who was so disconnected like all Republicans, they raced candidates to lose. Annabella Fuordell Foss. Nice woman, but no chance of winning Isn't at all. Isn't that uh, Anna Vernikov's friend? Yes. She loves Anna. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We got to win Come here. Come on, shut up. Please. I'm so she's you. on here, yeah. and I'm saying, who, who, <laughs> who got her on here? Well, but the, the Craig Eaton, who I also love dearly, uh, am I uh, correct? Didn't he have a party last night in his Bay Ridge house? For the Brooklyn DA, Gonzalez, who yeah. you despise? Gonzalez, who, if you get clipped with a gun, right? You get a clip with a gun, 9mm, fully loaded with clips inside. Gonzalez says, oh, you know, we'll send you to remediation. We're not going to arrest you. We'll give you a slice of pizza and a Coke. Promise never to do it again. Cross your heart and hope to die. Now you know why this city is a disaster. What the hell is Craig Eaton hosting a fundraiser for a guy whose friends are the criminal? So I've had it with these Republicans who always race to lose. But we got to race to win. We got to win. But Craig, not Craig Eaton, Craig came up this morning because Craig Carton is leaving WFAN. And now that you're so dejected, so upset, legitimately angry, this is not shtick, with this radio station, um, are you actually throwing your hat in the ring? Because Tiki hasn't been hired yet. My name is still out there. Uh, are you actually throwing your hat in the ring to replace Craig at WFAN? Let me tell you something. I know Tiki, good friend of mine, good man, not ready for prime time. <laughs> Brandon Tierney, his partner, played stickball with me in Coney Island. I mean, Definitely street kid. Yeah. Not ready for prime time. <laughs> you passed on the opportunity. Let's well, face it. I haven't passed anything yet. You were Carton's partner. <laughs> yes. I used to listen. And then you hated this guy. Yes. For like 10 years, you couldn't have been more at one another's uh, throat like two scorpions in a brandy class. And now you understand. He's decided to move on. God bless him. But that opportunity is there. And I know Chris Olivero who is the wonder kid who used to be like Lou, a board operator. Now he runs mega sports stations all over the nation. Not just sports. He runns 10-10 wins. Everything. WCBS he does what 880. Chad Lopez used right. to do right. before well, Chad, and Chris, Chad and Chris are very similar. Both young guns, very smart, good radio guys. And I met him recently, Great. and he said, oh, wow, man. I remember you doing sports. 
at ESPN at WABC. And it's true. And he's a Severian graduate, I believe, 1992. He lives in Brooklyn. We got it. There's the Brooklyn synergy here. Your very dear friend, Tim McCarthy. Call him up. He put me on ESPN Radio on Saturdays right after one of uh, You were great. You were great. I mean, I, all, all seriousness, Curtis, he's a really good I'm not blowing smoke up his ass. Curtis is a really good sports talk show yeah, host. Absolutely. He knows his Yankees, his Giants. He knows his history. He can do a show at one of those stations in a heartbeat. And I believe, at least, Curtis, that all you're looking for really, beyond, beyond money, you're looking for respect. And I do believe that Oliveira would give you the respect There's no doubt. that you sorely miss. That I don't get here. <laughs> and by the way, Tim McCarthy, you ask him, put him on record. The boys in Bristol called up and said, what do you have that guy on trashing Bud Seeley, saying he's got a bad rug on his head, he wears high waters, he's promoting roids, especially with A-Roid, whose client was, whoa, Joe Tacopina. He doesn't use roids. This is a slap in the face against all Latinos. That's right. Turned out he said, yeah, Yuri, my cousin, he gave me B-12 shots Fine. right in my son. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. And I exposed all of that before that. Post-Yankee talk was 1996, right? Michael K., John Sterling. First two games against the Braves in Yankee Stadium. 12-1, we got wiped, right? Pettit went down for the count against Schmoltz. Then all of a sudden, game two, Key loses 4-1 to Maddox. And even Michael K. and Sterling were saying, it's over. I was doing the post-game show. Who was calling me up half in the bag? Ted Turner no. screaming, the South will rise again. Well, he did own the Atlanta Braves at the time, but it was my dear friend, and you're right. I mean, Strawberry had a big series, too, but down two games to nothing, it was my dear friend, another guy who was disrespected for the many King. years, Jim Leyritz. That's right, the He King. turned that whole series around. But remember, first two games, Andrew Jones. Who is this guy? He's going to be the black Mickey Mantle. Yeah. I said, wait a second, we already have the white Mickey Mantle, Chipper Jones, remember? <laughs> yes. One and two. Yeah. And... Michael Kay and John Sterling asked them, threw in the towel. And I revved up the Yankee fans. They remember go. that. When I went to uh, City Hall, when they had the uh, uh, parade through the canyon of heroes and Rudy was there, Mike Francesa, the Pope, said to all the other sports guys, pave the way for Sliwa. He's earned his right to broadcast here. Mike Francesa, the Pope. But let me explain something to you. If you get this gig on the fan, and I'll call Olivero right now. Please, you know I'm not lying. Please. You can't talk about Mayor Eric Adams. You can't talk about Ari Kagan. You can't talk oh, about understood. Bill de Blasio's what half a million do, dollar fine. What I can do, though, is yeah. talk about how Eric Adams knows nothing about sports. <laughs> At the Nick game, the Met game, the Yankee game. You can he do that. Yankee right? jerseys, yes. Met jerseys. Come you on, can do he that. knows nothing yeah. about sports. And you could, you could make fun of Kathy Hochul when the Ranger yes. fans boo her. Exactly. When she drops a ceremonial first no, no, I know my lane. <laughs> I know my lane. I deserve an opportunity. Come on, Sid, you're, you passing it. You can make the suggestion to Chris, who knows me, Brooklyn boy. All right, me, Brooklyn guy, I'm passing on this. The other Brooklyn guy is Curtis Lewis. He's an icon in broadcasting. <laughs> it's true. He's been disrespected. He's not in the talkers' top 100, no. which has nothing to do with sports. Oh, let me take it a step further. Even worse, not only... Because the sports have their own list, you're right. Top 100 talkies, you're not there, and you are an icon legend. Right? So they come out yesterday with the finalists for the 2023 Radio Hall of Fame class. Curtis Lee were nowhere to be found, but Mark Simone, who, by the way, finished 21 spots below me, and I like Mark a lot, love him. 
in that talkers list, he's a finalist for the Radio Hall of Fame. And I the mean, other, you were getting trounced every day, Curtis. Right. But every the, day. The other list, I didn't even recognize those names. <laughs> wait, wait, what are they? Cadavers and formaldehyde? <laughs> what are they? Uh, oh, I'm on satellite radio. You got to tune to channel 4797636 if the satellite is actually working that day. Get the hell out of here. Uh, it's paid for play. You know it's all bribery. I know it is. It's so, all corrupt. I know. So listen, so we're going to make a call to Olivero, try to get Curtis Sliwa as uh, Carton's replacement. But not Tiki Barber. I think Roberts and uh, Slee will be a terrific, terrific show. No, no, no. Keep, keep Tiki Barber together with Brandon Tierney. They actually make a very good there team. Go. It's like Ebony and Ivory, right? <laughs> Ebony, <laughs> keep that together. <laughs> All right. So Corey Zelnick is in studio. Oh my And he God. made no, no, right, no, right. no. Let me, let me, let me review what he did. He made some excellent points. In fact, Pete Morgan said, what a great segment. Clearly knows what he's talking about. Very articulate. Mentioned all these great companies, including Century 21 and others. Panda Bear coming back to New York. I came at you afterwards. I said, hey, Corey's down. Just did a terrific job. And it took you three seconds to slander my dear friend. So now you guys go at it, Corey and Curtis. Start with you, Corey. What do you want to tell Curtis Lewa? I'll take your 705 slot when you go to ESPN. <laughs> That's fine. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I've been disrespected. First off, that's the best you can do, Panda Bear, a red Chinese controlled operation. Excuse me. Come on. Panda Express, 2,500 stores across the country. Okay? They want to be in New York. And they keep growing. By the way, by the way, the hotel around the corner that you constantly complain about where the homeless are has been taken over by a, a hotel company and it will not be housing immigrants. Wait, wait, wait. Everything's on the table, according to Eric Adams. Every, Every square inch what? of property is on the table. And the school housing authorities taking over the other building. The other oh, hotel. I'm impressed with that. So, so these, these things are happening. Short term, we agree on the crime. We agree on Let's the crime. Let's get to Jamie Diamond. You were, you were, sure. you were worshiping at the altar <laughs> of Jamie Diamond, J.P. Morgan Chase. He told all of his sickle friends, I got this deposition. He went into that deposition. He looked like Bill Gates when he was being cross-examined. He got into a fetal position. I don't know. I don't remember. He was doing a, a, a Bill Biden. Excuse me. He was doing the president, Joe Biden. I don't know. I don't remember. The linkage between him and his company with the pedophile on a pedestal, Epstein. And you know what? His board said, settle. You did a disastrous job. Don't let that testimony go out there. You look like Bill Gates in a fetal position. <laughs> and they settled because they were doing business with this pedophile on a pedestal, Jeffrey Epstein, and they knew he was a pedophile. And many of them were going to pedophile islands. What do you have to say to that, Corey? Well, I'm not going to discuss, you know, JP, Jamie Diamond's sexual proclivities and things like that. He's in the business of making money. Guy's building a two million square foot tower. I, I'm looking at that. What is he going to do with that? Turn that into <laughs> mausoleums, storage bins? There's no demand for property and no, no, space it's, here. It's all JP Morgan Chase. The whole building. Tops What's the down the block? The Roosevelt Hotel. I told, that's what I mentioned Nobody's earlier. Nobody's going to want to have business near the uh, well, the the illegal immigrant. I Corey told me that Lululemon is building a store right downstairs, right, right, Corey? Yes, and let me tell you something. You you heard of the company LVMH. They're the largest retailer in the world. Okay, they have a flagship store at the corner of 57th and 5th. 
Okay, they're moving out. They're going across the street for five years. You know why? They're tearing down their building and building it twice well, as high. Maybe they'll move into the empty <laughs> Joseph Abood space. That's been empty for five years. There's cobwebs there, padlocks, graffiti, <laughs> garbage in front, homeless people in boxes, cardboard boxes. Corey, I realize you're an optimist. Yes. I realize you look at the glass as being half full. The glass is cracked. There's no water in the glass. This city is falling into the abyss. It's not falling into the abyss. It's a long run. You've been around a long time. You've seen the twists and turns. Where where we are back. We're back. We got to fight through the problems. Yeah, back to join the exodus hey, to, to Florida, Texas, Tennessee, hey, North listen. Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia. I agree. There are problems. I look. You know, we we could talk about the mayor all day long. We could talk about the former mayor. What he took the money he took out of the city. And you made the great point too. Besides Adams, Adams and De Blasio, and, and you'll appreciate this, Curtis was the real issue. Con Edison. Con Edison. They're, they are. Kill- I have. A, you know, I was telling you earlier about Panda Express with a store. They're paying rent for nine months. They can't open because Con Ed doesn't flip the switch. I have a residential developer, built building, right? Housing's a problem in the city. Housing's a problem. So I get a developer who builds a building. He's renting out his places. He can't get a TCO, a a temporary certificate of occupancy, because Con Ed won't flip the switch. Last night, last night, residents who were supposed to move in, the the landlord has to put them in a hotel. Wait, wait. There's no room in the hotels. They're all illegal aliens. That's why Sid and his family are going back to the Rockaways. They were like gypsies going right. from hotel yeah, to hotel. They need his room. They exactly. Need his room. They do. They do. Exactly. Eric they Adams. Hey, illegals. I'm the mayor of the illegals. You taxpayers, you get Ugats. You get Bupkis. You pay the frame. Oh, this is crazy, Corey. It's crazy, but we're going we're gonna to come out of it. We're going to come out of it. Sure, we're going to come out of it. Listen, I'm going what with drug Corey. are you on, Corey? <laughs> Let's drug test Corey right now. It's Corey. Well, the New York drug, and I'm with Corey on this one, but uh, I am going to place a call at this break to Olivero. Of course. And do everything in my power to make it the Sliwa and Robert show afternoon. deserve at least a tryout. I agree. 35 years in talk radio, three different sports <laughs> talk shows. I deserve a tryout because I've been disrespected here at WABC. Well, in the last 30 seconds, what could WABC do? That would make you not want to do that tryout at the fan. What has to happen? I want the extra person put back here in the morning show so that I can also utilize them for my rip and read. Because yesterday was a total disaster meltdown. Uh And I will not ever (laughs) have to go through that again. I will walk out of here and never come back. There you hear it, folks. Curtis Lee, well, he means business. Corey Zelda, great two. More of Sid and Friends in the morning. God, you're both brilliant on a Friday right after this. Good stuff.
Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Today is a, it's a happy day and a very sad day for me. And it's a, it's one of the most difficult days I'll ever do in radio because I'm leaving WFAN. Uh, I know there was a New York Post story a few hours ago that acknowledged that and announced that. That story is accurate. Uh, June 30th will be my last show on WFAN, and there's some aspects to that that I, I want to be uh, open about and clear about and direct about. Uh, I love Evan. Uh, it has nothing to do with Evan Roberts. It has nothing to do with anybody here. It has everything to do with me and my personal life and the opportunity that I have now uh, via Fox Sports to do a show on Fox Sports 1. So if I can backtrack just for a moment, WFAN is family to me. WFAN is everything to me. I am a 30-plus year radio talk show host, and radio is all I've ever done well. Radio has been like a family member to me, starting all the way back in Buffalo, New York, making $12,000 a year, and going from uh, city to city over the course of about 10 years, and then ultimately being fortunate enough to land here with Boomer back in 2007. And I love radio. It's all I've ever done, and like I said, it's all I've ever done well. So making a decision to walk away, not just from radio, but very specifically from WFAN, is not an easy decision. It wasn't when I made it. And now that that day has come where I'm acknowledging it and talking about it, it uh, has not gotten any easier. No changes. Wake up in the morning and I ask myself, is life worth living? Should I blast myself? I'm tired of being born, even worse, I'm black. My stomach hurts, so I'm looking for a purse to snatch. Cops give a damn about a Negro. Pull a trigger, kill him, he's a hero. Get it to the kids who the hell cares. One less hungry mouth on the welfare. More Tupac's poor on his birthday. This song changes, changes for Craig Carton. No more radio, it'll be television in two weeks. That brings us... To a man that has earned earned the right to be on this show every weekday at 7.05 because he's great. The bottom line, he's great. And that's Curtis Sleva. Now, yes, we know Craig is leaving. He's making changes. But um, we're about to hear a major announcement here, second consecutive day, that you get a big radio announcement. Carton, I'm leaving the band. I'm going to TV. And Curtis Sleva is about to drop a whopper on you, talking about changes to Pac Shakur. And what is that, Mr. Sliwa? Well, as you know, you were rumored to be the replacement. You're happy here, right? Um, yes. I mean, I, yeah. I want more money. Right. <laughs> I'm going to come know, out and say it. <laughs> I am but, yeah. very unhappy here. Walked out on the boss yesterday again at 520. Now, you've done that two consecutive days. Two consecutive now, this days. Is, this is, I know most of the stuff you do on radio is shtick. This right? is not shtick. This is not shtick. You, you've been walking around. You've been really angry. Pissed off Well, what's the, the problem? Well, well, let's get to that momentarily, and I'll tell you why. Because the backstory is, I come in here in the morning, and you know I've done radio before in the mornings many times. Yes. I think I've had more radio partners than ex-wives. You were alluding to that earlier. Yes. And by the way, who you were comparing me to in terms of having uh, multiple children? How about LJ? Remember? <laughs> LJ. You yes. had to go all the way uh, to some other guy. I right? went, to, Sean, went to Sean Kemp. No, no. I actually saw Larry Johnson in Central Park walking through there at 4 in the morning. 
He said, Curtis. I said, Larry, what are you doing here? Wasn't too far from the Rambles. So I was wondering what the hell he was doing. But anyway, I digress. So anyway, I walk in here in the morning. You got two guys. Right. This is the top-rated morning show of all time. All time. One o'clock in the afternoon, the Army comes in here. More people than I can count on my fingers and toes. And I've made complaints about this. This is su disgraziata. You can ask Lou and Justin yesterday. I had a meltdown on the Rip and Read, 12 midday. Three major mistakes. Not their fault. They're overworked. Uh, the substitutes that they have are not ready for prime time. They're training interns here. What the hell are you talking about? This is a major radio station, number one in the nation. And I actually said at the end of the show, you heard it. I don't know if I'm going to be here tomorrow. You did say that, yes. This and you is, were serious. This and, is crazy. And then not only do you say that at the end of your show, but uh, I've been told for the second consecutive day, you were invited to go on our mutual dear friend. We love him, John Katsimatidis' great afternoon show, to discuss the Daniel Penny story. And as far as I know, you can uh, confirm and or deny, you're so angry that two consecutive days you said to Matt, no thanks. Matt Waning, I said, see you later, alligator. <laughs> I jumped on the R train. I was out to Bay Ridge, 86th Street, 4th Avenue, to endorse Ari Kagan. Oh, Ari Kagan. In the 47th Council race. And you know why? The day before, I heard on the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion, probably Craig Eaton, who was so disconnected like all Republicans, they raced candidates to lose. Annabella Fuordell Foss. Nice woman, but no chance of winning Isn't at all. Isn't that uh, Anna Vernikov's friend? Yes. She loves Anna. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We got to win Come here. Come on, shut up. Please. I'm so she's you. on here, yeah. and I'm saying, who, who, <laughs> who got her on here? Well, but the, the Craig Eaton, who I also love dearly, uh, am I uh, correct? Didn't he have a party last night in his Bay Ridge house? For the Brooklyn DA, Gonzalez, who yeah. you despise? Gonzalez, who, if you get clipped with a gun, right? You get a clip with a gun, 9mm, fully loaded with clips inside. Gonzalez says, oh, you know, we'll send you to remediation. We're not going to arrest you. We'll give you a slice of pizza and a Coke. Promise never to do it again. Cross your heart and hope to die. Now you know why this city is a disaster. What the hell is Craig Eaton hosting a fundraiser for a guy whose friends are the criminal? So I've had it with these Republicans who always race to lose. But we got to race to win. We got to win. But Craig, not Craig Eaton, Craig came up this morning because Craig Carton is leaving WFAN. And now that you're so dejected, so upset, legitimately angry, this is not shtick, with this radio station, um, are you actually throwing your hat in the ring? Because Tiki hasn't been hired yet. My name is still out there. Uh, are you actually throwing your hat in the ring to replace Craig at WFAN? Let me tell you something. I know Tiki, good friend of mine, good man, not ready for prime time. <laughs> Brandon Tierney, his partner, played stickball with me in Coney Island. I mean, Definitely street kid. Yeah. Not ready for prime time. <laughs> you passed on the opportunity. Let's well, face it. I haven't passed anything yet. You were Carton's partner. <laughs> yes. I used to listen. And then you hated this guy. Yes. For like 10 years, you couldn't have been more at one another's uh, throat like two scorpions in a brandy class. And now you understand. He's decided to move on. God bless him. But that opportunity is there. And I know Chris Olivero who is the wonder kid who used to be like Lou, a board operator. Now he runs mega sports stations all over the nation. Not just sports. He runns 10-10 wins. Everything. He, he does what 880. Chad Lopez used right. to do right. before well, Chad, and Chris, Chad and Chris are very similar. Both young guns, very smart, good radio guys. And I met him recently, Great. and he said, oh, wow, man. I remember you doing sports. 
at ESPN at WABC. And it's true. And he's a Severian graduate, I believe, 1992. He lives in Brooklyn. We got it. There's the Brooklyn synergy here. Your very dear friend, Tim McCarthy. Call him up. He put me on ESPN Radio on Saturdays right after one of uh, You were great. You were great. I mean, I, all, all seriousness, Curtis, he's a really good... I'm not blowing smoke up his ass. Curtis is a really good sports talk show yeah, host. Absolutely. He knows his Yankees, his Giants. He knows his history. He can do a show at one of those stations in a heartbeat. And I believe, at least, Curtis, that all you're looking for really, beyond, beyond money, you're looking for respect. And I do believe that Oliveira would give you the respect There's no doubt. that you sorely miss. That I don't get here. <laughs> and by the way, Tim McCarthy, you ask him, put him on record. The boys in Bristol called up and said, what do you have that guy on trashing Bud Seeley, saying he's got a bad rug on his head, he wears high waters, he's promoting roids, especially with A-Roid, whose client was, whoa, Joe Tacopina. He doesn't use roids. This is a slap in the face against all Latinos. That's right. Turned out he said, yeah, Yuri, my cousin, he gave me B-12 shots Fine. right in my son. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. And I exposed all of that before that. Post-Yankee talk was 1996, right? Michael K., John Sterling. First two games against the Braves in Yankee Stadium. 12-1, we got wiped, right? Pettit went down for the count against Schmoltz. Then all of a sudden, game two, Key loses 4-1 to Maddox. And even Michael K. and Sterling were saying, it's over. I was doing the post-game show. Who was calling me up half in the bag? Ted Turner no. screaming, the South will rise again. Well, he did own the Atlanta Braves at the time, but it was my dear friend, and you're right. I mean, Strawberry had a big series, too, but down two games to nothing, it was my dear friend, another guy who was disrespected for the many King. years, Jim Leyritz. That's right, the He King. turned that whole series around. But remember, first two games, Andrew Jones. Who is this guy? He's going to be the black Mickey Mantle. Yeah. I said, wait a second, we already have the white Mickey Mantle, Chipper Jones, remember? <laughs> yes. One and two. Yeah. And... Michael Kay and John Sterling asked them, threw in the towel. And I revved up the Yankee fans. They remember go. that when I went to uh, City Hall, when they had the uh, uh, parade through the canyon of heroes and Rudy was there, Mike Francesa, the Pope, said to all the other sports guys, pave the way for Sliwa. He's earned his right to broadcast here. Mike Francesa, the Pope. But let me explain something to you. If you get this gig on the fan, and I'll call Olivero right now. Please, you know I'm not lying. Please. You can't talk about Mayor Eric Adams. You can't talk about Ari Kagan. You can't talk oh, about understood. Bill de Blasio. What I can a million do, dollar fine. What I can do, though, is yeah. talk about how Eric Adams knows nothing about sports. <laughs> At the Nick game, the Met game, the Yankee game. You can he do that. Yankee right? jerseys, yes. Met jerseys. Come you on. Can do he that. knows nothing yeah. about sports. And you could, you could make fun of Kathy Hochul when the Ranger yes. fans boo her. Exactly. When she drops a ceremonial first no, no, I know my lane. <laughs> I know my lane. I deserve an opportunity. Come on, Sid, you're, you passing it. You can make the suggestion to Chris, who knows me, Brooklyn boy. All right, me, Brooklyn guy, I'm passing on this. The other Brooklyn guy is Curtis Lewin. He's an icon in broadcasting. <laughs> it's true. He's been disrespected. He's not in the talkers' top 100, no. which has nothing to do with sports. Oh, let me take it a step further. Even worse, not only... Because the sports have their own list, you're right. Top 100 talkies, you're not there, and you are an icon legend. Right? So they come out yesterday with the finalists for the 2023 Radio Hall of Fame class. Curtis Lee were nowhere to be found, but Mark Simone, who, by the way, finished 21 spots below me, and I like Mark a lot, love him. 
in the talkers list. He's a finalist for the Radio Hall of Fame. And I the mean, other, you were getting trounced every day, Curtis. Right. But every the, day. The other list, I didn't even recognize those names. <laughs> wait, wait, what are they? Cadavers and formaldehyde? <laughs> what are they? Uh, oh, I'm on satellite radio. You got to tune to channel 479763 if the satellite is actually working that day. Get the hell out of here. It's uh, paid for play. You know it's all bribery. I know it is. It's so, all corrupt. I know. So listen, so we're going to make a call to Olivero, try to get Curtis Sleeve as uh, Carton's replacement, not Tiki Barber. I think Roberts and uh, Slee will be a terrific, terrific show. No, no, no. Keep, keep Tiki Barber together with Brandon Tierney. They actually make a very good there team. Go. It's like Ebony and Ivory, right? <laughs> Ebony, <laughs> keep that together. <laughs> All right, so Corey Zelnick is in studio. Oh, my and he God. Made, no, no, right, no, right. no. Let me, let, me, let me review what he did. He made some excellent points. In fact, Pete Morgan said, what a great segment. Clearly knows what he's talking about. Very articulate. Mentioned all these great companies, including Century 21 and others. Panda Bear coming back to New York. I came at you afterwards. I said, hey, Corey's done. Just did a terrific job. And it took you three seconds to slander, my dear friend. So now you guys go at it, Corey and Curtis. Start with you, Corey. What do you want to tell Curtis Lewa? I'll take your 705 slot when you go to ESPN. <laughs> That's fine. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I've been disrespected. First off, that's the best you can do, Panda Bear, a red Chinese controlled operation. Excuse me. Come on. Panda Express, 2,500 stores across the country. Okay? They want to be in New York. And they keep growing. By the way, by the way, the hotel around the corner that you constantly complain about where the homeless are has been taken over by a, a hotel company and it will not be housing immigrants. Wait, wait, wait. Everything's on the table, according to Eric Adams. Every, Every square inch what? of property is on the table. And the school housing authorities taking over the other building. The other oh, hotel. I'm impressed with that. So, so see, these, these things are happening. Short term, we agree on the crime. We agree on Let's the crime. Let's get to Jamie Diamond. You were, you were, sure. you were worshipping at the altar <laughs> of Jamie Diamond, J.P. Morgan Chase. He told all of his sickle friends, I got this deposition. He went into that deposition. He looked like Bill Gates when he was being cross-examined. He got into a fetal position. I don't know. I don't remember. He was doing a, a, a Bill Biden. Excuse me. He was doing the president, Joe Biden. I don't know. I don't remember. The linkage between him and his company with the pedophile on a pedestal, Epstein. And you know what? His board said, settle. You did a disastrous job. Don't let that testimony go out there. You look like Bill Gates in a fetal position. <laughs> and they settled because they were doing business with this pedophile on a pedestal, Jeffrey Epstein, and they knew he was a pedophile. And many of them were going to pedophile islands. What do you have to say to that, Corey? Well, I'm not going to discuss, you know, JP, Jamie Diamond's sexual proclivities and things like that. He's in the business of making money. Guy's building a two million square foot tower. I, I'm looking at that. What is he going to do with that? Turn that into <laughs> mausoleums, storage bins? There's no demand for property and no, no, space it's, here. It's all JP Morgan Chase. The whole building. Tops What's the down the block? The Roosevelt Hotel. I told, that's what I mentioned Nobody's going to want to have business near the uh, well, the the illegal immigrant. I Corey told me that Lululemon is building a store right downstairs, right, right, Corey? Yes, and let me tell you something. You you heard of the company LVMH. They're the largest retailer in the world. Okay, they have a flagship store at the corner of 57th and 5th. Okay, they're moving out. They're going across the street for five years. You know why? 
they're tearing down their building and building it twice wow. as high. Maybe they'll move into the empty <laughs> Joseph Abood space. That's been empty for five years. There's cobwebs there, padlocks, graffiti, <laughs> garbage in front, homeless people in boxes, cardboard boxes. Corey, I realize you're an optimist. Yes. I realize you look at the glass as being half full. The glass is cracked. There's no water in the glass. This city is falling into the abyss. It's not falling into the abyss. It's a long run. You've been around a long time. You've seen the twists and turns. Where where we are back. We're back. We got to fight through the problems. Yeah, back to join the exodus hey, to, to Florida, Texas, Tennessee, hey, North listen. Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia. I agree. There are problems. I look. You know, we we could talk about the mayor all day long. We could talk about the former mayor. What he took, the money he took out of the city. And you made the great point too. Besides Adams, Adams and De Blasio, and, and you'll appreciate this, Curtis was the real issue. Con Edison. Con Edison. They're, they are. Kill- I have. A, you know, I was telling you earlier about Panda Express with a the store. They're paying rent for nine months. They can't open because Con Ed doesn't flip the switch. I have a residential developer, built building, right? Housing's a problem in the city. Housing's a problem. So I get a developer who builds a building. He's renting out his places. He can't get a TCO, a a temporary certificate of occupancy, because Con Ed won't flip the switch. Last night, last night, residents who were supposed to move in, the the landlord has to put them in a hotel. Wait, wait. There's no room in the hotels. They're all illegal aliens. That's why Sid and his family are going back to the Rockaways. They were like gypsies going right. from hotel like, to hotel. They need his room. They exactly. Need his room. They do. They do. Exactly. Eric they Adams. Hey, illegals. I'm the mayor of the illegals. You taxpayers, you get Ugats. You get Bupkis. You pay the frame. Oh, this is crazy, Corey. It's crazy, but we're going we're gonna to come out of it. We're going to come out of it. Sure, we're going to come out of it. I'm going what drug Corey. are you on, Corey? <laughs> Let's drug test Corey right now. It's Corey. Well, the New York drug, and I'm with Corey on this one, but uh, I am going to place a call at this break to Olivero of course. and do everything in my power to make it the Sliwa and Roberts show I afternoons deserve on the at least a tryout. For I agree. 35 years in talk radio, three different sports <laughs> talk shows, I deserve a tryout because I've been disrespected here at WABC. Well, in the last 30 seconds, what could WABC do? That would make you not want to do that tryout at the fan. What has to happen? I want the extra person put back here in the morning show so that I can also utilize them for my rip and read. Because yesterday was a total disaster meltdown. Uh And I will not ever (laughs) have to go through that again. I will walk out of here and never come back. There you hear it, folks. Curtis Lee, well, he means business. Corey Zelnick, great, too. More of sitting friends in the morning. God, you're both brilliant on a Friday right after this. Good stuff.
This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. I am so tired. <laughs> I actually ask who they like before they come on. So, for example, my friend Nancy Mace, the really smart congresswoman out of South Carolina. So we play Hootie when she comes on, you know. When Chris Russo comes on to talk sports, we play Bruce. So Joe Tacopina, right now the um, the most decorated attorney in the country, President Trump attorney, a million other famous folks. He wants the Beastie Boys all the time. We usually play No Sleep Till Brooklyn Lewis. What is this great song called? It's so what you want. You what you want. What you want you want. And then I'm going to get a text any second from my beautiful wife, Danielle, that Adam went to Morrow or something. I don't know. Because I think he did, actually. Adam Horvitz? Yeah, I think he's dead now, right? He died of, no, uh, the, the, no, not him. Not him, okay. One of them's dead. Doesn't matter. God, here he is. The most famous defense attorney in the country. And my dear, dear friend of 46 years, the rugged and handsome Joseph Anthony Takapina. Hi, Joe. Um, Adam Hock. But, uh, it was Adam, not Adam Horowitz. Okay. But, but the other Adam. Um, oh. so it oh, was, he did go tomorrow. He did go tomorrow. And, and, and he did also grow up in our neighborhood, Sid. Yes. Well, I was on Quentin on East 22nd. I believe you were on Bedford and X, right? Bedford and Z, yeah. Z, okay. So i got to tell you this. You're going to be proud of this one. Obviously, you're at the very top of the game. You're the most famous attorney in the country. You know I bring on Arthur Idala. He's got some big appeals going on right now. Harvey Weinstein and Ghislaine Maxwell, two horrible people. Uh, Dershowitz comes on. But how about my beautiful wife, Danielle? I know our daughter, Ava, actually worked in your office uh, as an intern uh, last year. She is actually involved, Joseph, really with the security detail. She's involved in the process which has led to the biggest story in the city today, which is former Mayor Bill de Blasio is being fined up to a half a million dollars. And she's quiet about this, Danielle. She's not like us. They've offered her to be in the newspaper. She's like, no, my husband does all that. Keep my name out of it. But she is knee-deep in this de Blasio story and maybe one of the three or four major people as to why he's getting fined today. How about that? That's Danielle. Hey, listen, she's she's terrific. You know, I know her, and, and I've seen her work, and she is absolutely terrific. It doesn't surprise me a little bit. Also, doesn't surprise me that she wants to go under the radar on this thing. But, yeah, it's uh, it's about time. I mean, it really is about time that, that he pays the piper. Um, the damage he did to this city is is indescribable, and we're still paying the, you know, we're still paying the, the bill on yeah. that. No, because I know that, uh, you know, like you've been uh, funny with Eric Adams, so have I, although I'm – you know, I'm starting to lose some of the luster. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't like what I'm seeing in this city. And he does the about bases on everything from putting migrants at Gracie Mansion. And, of course, uh, Daniel Penny, he went from doing a good job with that to kind of being like everybody else. So I've lost some of the well, luster he's, he's, with that. He's going against Penny now? Yeah, he's basically well, – he what he said yesterday was he's happy now that there's a jury and we can get to the next phase of it. But he said, and I quote, I want to thank – Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg for doing a very thorough investigation. 
Really, Eric? Really? That's sad. That's sad. That's sad. That's that's not who Eric is. Eric, Eric was a law enforcement officer. He was a cop. Um, you know, I look. He's a he's a mayor now, and and you know what that means. He's a politician now, and unfortunately, sometimes you have to, you know, you have to say things. Perhaps. Yeah, but, but, yeah, but, but here's the thing. You're right about that, and, and the Blasio was even worse. But this is why I like Trump because he was a politician. He may be again. We'll see. We'll get to his story. He was he, never a politician. No, he, but he was the president exactly. So he didn't care. He thought right. he. Th- so it would be nice if Eric Adams, I know he wants to be president one day, I know it, I know his real game here, and I know he wants to appease all these low-life Democrats, but you know what? You were a cop, you're a tough guy, show some balls and come out and say, you know what, in this case, I don't agree, Daniel Penny's a hero. Would it kill him to do that? Would it kill him? Yeah, he he should have, but you know... There's who the hell knows what's playing into that. You know, there's racial elements and all these different things, Sid. It is so sad because I got to tell you, I'm still shocked that they're attacking this guy, this Daniel Perry, that they, that break charged him shocks me, but it doesn't really surprise me. Um, you know, but, but seriously, do you understand the chilling messages is sending to our, our citizens in this country? I mean, that you, especially in this city where we need people like Daniel Perry, to take care of those who are basically less capable of protecting themselves. I mean, as a matter of fact, the law said the law actually encourages citizens to go to the defense of others less capable of protecting themselves in New York State. It, it, I don't understand. He will not be convicted, okay? Yo, hold on. You know what's funny about what you just said? Uh, the guy that you love, and I love him too, I love him. He's on every Thursday. Judge Napolitano was on this show yesterday, and he said legally – uh, Penny is going to be in big trouble because unlike Florida, which has to stand your ground law. Stand your ground, yep. Yeah, he said that the responsibility, the onus was on Penny to leave the train. Now, just so you know, no. Thomas Knipp, Penny's attorney, was listening. He was on right before. He texted me and said the judge is wrong. An hour later, Judge Jean Piero came on. She said he may know the law in New Jersey. Clearly, he doesn't know the law in New York. And then he doubled down. Napolitano uh, uh, said the same thing on Morano's show last night, but according to Kniff, the judge, and maybe you, he's wrong, right? Yeah, and this is look, Napolitano is one of the smartest guys I've ever met. Um, and, and interpretations of the law are, are what makes this justice system sort of, you know, volatile, if you will. But but there is no that you don't have a duty to retreat when you're acting in defense of yourself or another. You do have a duty to retreat if you can. But in this, in the Perry situation, there is no scenario. First of all, you're on a moving train. He's posing a threat to others, a real threat of, of physical force and violence. Okay, he has not, not that this mattered, but we all know he had a violent criminal history of attacking other people on trains. Um, so you know, it gives more credibility to the threat, obviously. Um, and 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 this is someone who basically stood up for people who couldn't stand up for themselves. And he, he did it in a way not, not he, he wasn't, this is not uh, Charles Bronson in, in, in the, what's that movie called? Vigilante or whatever that movie no, was. No, it was right? called, um, what was you it called? Not Vigilante. Death Wish, yeah. Wish, Death Wish, Death Wish, Death yes. Wish. Right. He, he, he wasn't, he didn't go on the train looking for punks to sort of teach them a lesson. He was on the train and this Jordan Neely went to people and began threatening them. Threatening, especially the vulnerable passengers, apparently, threatening them. Some of them have come out and said, I'll test, this guy's a hero, I'll test on his behalf. Threatening them that he was going to kill. The word kill came out of his mouth. Yep. Okay? Yep. What do you have to wait for? For him to kill? Before yeah. you can start yeah. defending others? Yeah. And then, so and, 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 and,
because so would you have. Not not to be a tough guy, not to, to – to, I, I, I can't remember the last time I had my hand on anyone else. Well, that's not true, actually. But, but I can't remember <laughs> the last time I, I, I'm willing to admit I had my hand on anyone else. Yeah. And, 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 but that would have been a scenario where it would have been warranted and justified. And you don't look at the skin color. You look at what's happening there, oh, what stop. the situation is. That's your point. screaming. But, I mean, it's horrible. It's yeah. absolutely horrible. Yeah. The law permits the use of reasonable force not only against perceived threats of death or serious injury, but against any perceived threats of unlawful physical force. So we didn't have to believe this guy was going to kill someone. If he was just going to punch him in the face, it was enough. For Daniel Perry to act. Yep. No, I agree. And he's and, on a moving train. Right. He can't jump out the train window. <laughs> yeah. Well, the race thing is your friend Al Sharpton. But, of course, uh, just to put that to rest, one of the men that helped Daniel Penny restrain Neely was a black man. And the first lady they interviewed the cops on the train was a black woman who said, and I quote, Daniel Penny saved my life. So the race thing goes out the window. Al Sharpton's a bad guy, bottom line. He's just a horrible person. I do want to move on to uh, the president. You and I did speak Wednesday, the day after he was arrested and arraigned for the second time. He's going to get a rap sheet like uh, like some of the hardest criminals in the country. But we all yeah, know, of course, the first one with Bragg was ridiculous. We're not sure yet about this one. Last couple of days, I've been spoken to Trump about these cases What's he, did he celebrate his birthday happily a couple of days ago? What's Trump been like the last few days? He, he should. The same person. There's no, there's absolutely been not, not the gate of, of, of his step hasn't changed even a little bit. And all I can tell you is this. It's an odd world we live in, and it's only in the Trump world, of course. But, you know, it, it's becoming a terrific campaign strategy for him to get indicted. I mean, the second time he's got <laughs> indicted, his numbers, every time he gets indicted, go skyrocketing. Yep. He raises an enormous amount of money in the shortest period of time possible. Another $8 million came in in days. Um, so it is really unbelievable that, that, that he is empowered by his – Well, his, then, tell me this, then. then. Tell me why his former chief of staff, who stabbed him in the back, mind you, good man, military guy, why did John Kelly come out two days ago, Takapina, in the New York Post and say, and I quote, Donald Trump is scared shizzleless. Yeah, he did worse than that. I mean, I read, I read, I mean, he said he's the most flawed person he's ever known and the depth of his dishonesty is astounding and, and so on and so forth. Um, I, you know, here's all I can attribute that to. I don't know John Kelly. I don't know what was his motivation. I mean, everyone said, you know, he's a, a law and order guy, a right? Former, former high ranking military officer in this country. Um, but when you, when you betray people and especially people who, who, you were close to, or at least were loyal to you at some point. I don't think there was ever a real falling out between the two of them. Kelly just left us. Obviously, Donald Trump is not his seat. That, that, that's, that's clear. Yeah. But but I don't know why he needed to jump in, you know, like, you know, kick the dog when he's down. Really, really heroic. That's very, very, you know, heroic <laughs> of, of John Kelly to do. Yeah. I mean, easy to do. But when he, when he wins the presidency again, let's see if John Kelly has something to say then. I mean, it's almost like he had to get you know, relevant again for five minutes right. and, and give this big interview. And like, really, there was absolutely no reason for him to, 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 to pile on at that moment. There's enough people piling on President Trump at this point. Uh, John Kelly, that was disappointing mm-hmm. and unwarranted. And by the way, he doesn't know if President Trump is scared, whatever, estless, as, as, as you just said. Right. Um, he has no idea. He doesn't speak to Donald Trump. <laughs> He's cut off from the inside circle. So how could he say that? I mean, it's just it's, it's a joke that he would even that. First of all, 
that's not news that's fit to, fit to be printed. But sure enough, you could say, look, you could go to the guy at Starbucks and he could say Donald Trump is a horrible person. That's news. Okay, that'll <laughs> yeah. make it into the newspaper. Right, true. You can go to a, a you can go to a person <laughs> holding tapes of Joe and Hunter Biden talking about a bribery conspiracy, and they don't even that doesn't make the press. That may make it somewhere on like you know the bottom of a uh, of a lengthy article regarding how bad Trump is. But it doesn't. It's just unbelievable the double standards we are now witnessing in 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 full force in our country with the media coverage. It's unbelievable. Well, two things. Uh, first of all, you're right about uh, John Kelly. Kelly, and you're right about the numbers, which, by the way, says that if they're really considering bringing indictments and charges with Georgia and Mar-a-Lago after this one, talking about piling on, that's all that's going to be because both of those cases are incredibly weak. Not as weak as your Bragg case, but certainly not as strong as the last indictment. But but secondly, you mentioned the Biden and uh, Hunter thing, the Joe and Hunter thing, and I've talked to you about this a couple of times now. You keep bringing this up. It says to me that you, Joe Tacopina... You are frustrated that the legal system clearly has a double standard. They treat Donald Trump one way and this Democrat administration another way. How can we change that? Other than Trump winning again in 2024 from a legal standpoint, how can we change that? You, you really can't because we don't have – look, the media is clearly beyond majority favoring Biden and the left. Everything they write is in his favor. I mean, how is it possible that Biden's Justice Department to indict his main political opponent when Joe Biden himself had the same, not the same, but classified documents of his own in his garage in a less secure area than Mar-a-Lago? I've been to Mar-a-Lago. You're not getting into any of those rooms, you know, without Secret Service clearance, without security. I mean, it's that place is a fortress. A garage with a, you know, a tin garage door that's left open half the time that had classified documents sitting yeah. on the floor. And, and, and by the way, worse than that, worse that's than that, okay. President Trump was a president. He could declassify all the documents that Joe Biden has stored away was when he was a senator and a vice president. Did not have no the ability business, to no declassify makes those. it even worse. Look, and here's, the, here's what I say. When we talk about, you know, equal handed justice. And the perception, see what's going on now, Sid, is people in the, in the country believe, without knowing all the facts and all the intricacies, they believe it's a crazy double standard. Even if you don't like Trump, people start to say, wait a minute, so they indict this guy for the classified documents, but, but President Biden had the same thing, and he doesn't get, not only did he not get indicted, he didn't get investigated. Look, if federal prosecutors had impaneled the grand jury and have turned the search warrant for Joe Biden's properties, and if FBI agents had put his aides, employees, lawyers under oath, and, 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 and scoured their phones and emails and confronted them with evidence to get them to talk, agents would have found that Biden knowingly kept classified documents for many years in his home, in his offices, in, in the University of Pennsylvania, right, in, in, including four years between being the vice president and the president. So how, why didn't they aggressively, because there's no excuse for that. You just said it, said He had no business having those documents. There was no Presidential Records Act that applied to a vice president or a senator. Why was there no grand jury impaneled to, to, to investigate that the way they did with Donald Trump? I mean, cell phones. They took cell phones. They, they put every Secret Service agent protecting the life of, the first, of, of, of Donald Trump and his family. They put them into the grand jury. Lawyers went into the grand jury. Okay, they, 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 they tried to do everything they could to – to get everyone to turn on them. And, and, and yet 
you know, the Bidens could do whatever they want, it seems, yep. Yep. without without answering to anyone. <laughs> I mean, these tapes that are out there, yep. they, they, this should be something that's investigated yesterday, immediately. Yep. If God forbid, and I hope it's not true, Sid, I really do, but if God forbid it's true that there are tape recordings that evidence a bribery scheme between Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, and some uh, some other, some foreign entity, okay, God for, God forbid that he's allowed to stay in office yep. one extra day. Agree. One extra day. I agree. I yeah, agree. It's like, it's like you know, ah, it's, it's crazy. We'll get to it. We'll yeah. get to it. 60 seconds to go. I want to revisit something we started with, and that is, you know, Danielle wants to get involved in the process, which has led to these penalties against a former mayor, Bill de Blasio, and you voiced uh, how upset you were with the job that he did. The money's missing when his wife ran that Thrive program, upwards of a billion dollars. No one can find that money, and the crazies are still walking the streets. Of course, Andrew Cuomo didn't help either by shutting down all the mental institutions. They're all, they're all terrible. But uh, in the end, would you like to see Joe Tacopina, Bill de Blasio, suffer from real repercussions here? What would you like to see? Uh, yeah, I, I, I would. I'll tell you why. You know who knows more about oh, the Bill de Blasio sort of uh, dirty hands you know, information, Bo Deedle. Okay, and Bo is, when Bo gets on your bad side, that's a bad place to be. Okay? <laughs> it really is. And and Bo has, obviously, because he was going against him, don't forget, there was a point in time Bo was running for mayor. And I was, I was so behind him, it was unbelievable. Because, you know, he would have been, he would have really put this city in shape. And and he went, was, obviously was going against the Blasio, the Blasio's people were trying to get him kicked off the ballot, all these different things. But he really understands all the stuff with the Blasio, all the, all the, the information that would, would be harmful to his reputation. Yep. And he, and I've gone through it, he, we sat over dinner and talked about it. It is daunting. It is absolutely daunting. The amount of money, apparently, that's changed hands and, and that they've received and is why. I, listen, this is information that I have firsthand knowledge of, but I think it's absolutely time. I mean, look, hit with a half a million dollar fine for misusing NYPD as security during a presidential bid. I mean, the, 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 the abuses, no, first of all, this is a guy who like used to show up at like 11 o'clock into the <laughs> office and leave at like two, you know, I mean, right. I mean, it's, it's amazing yep. That, yep. that the amount of, of, of things he took, 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 and his family yep. took, 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 and how little he gave back to the city. And he could have cared less about the safety of the city. I mean, and, and not, to me, it's not a good guy. And not, guy. certainly not someone, not certainly someone who was ever be fit to hold office. Agreed. Uh, so hopefully uh, Danielle and Bo deal together. Maybe the two of those, yeah. uh, Danielle and Bo deal together will put this guy away. By the yeah. way, on the way out, quickly. Two people, two people yeah. I wouldn't want to be on the wrong side of, as you might know, Sid. <laughs> Danielle, no, you don't want to be on the bad side. <laughs> 30 seconds to go. So I'm back in Queens at one point yesterday, three different corners out of the four. They're screaming, Sid, Sid, welcome home, welcome home. And one of those people, Christy Fogliano. Danny Fagliano's oh. sister, who lives by me in Bell Harbor, she sent her best to you. Oh, my God. Fagliano's sister. <laughs> How's she doing? She's doing well. Our daughter was in the car, Zoe, and uh, the daughter's about Gabe's age, and she's doing great. Danny's doing great. And yeah, doing Danny, was, Danny was such great. She was the first person I saw when their Doberman pincher bit my nose off <laughs> um, when we were playing Stratomatic in the basement. It was, um, no, it was unbelievable. It was the craziest thing that's oh ever happened to me in my life, Sid. Oh, my God, I remember. I mean, we were playing Stratomatic, remember? And I, I, we had heroes from Jimmy's Heroes. And I was eating, and this Doberman Pinch was just staring at me. Hard stare. Those dogs were not fit to be around human beings. And, 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 and they were scary. Remember how the security yes. was in that house? 
and, oh, and so I, I, I didn't know what to do, so I was halfway done with my sandwich. I was losing my appetite anyway, and I was focused on Stratomatic. So I gave the dog a half a hero. He inhaled it in one second, and I thought we were going to be friends. When I didn't have the second half of the hero, he looked at me and just bit my face. Bit my face. I remember. He just bit around my I remember. Oh, my God. It was crazy. I literally, at the table, I was lifting my nose up and down. I remember. My face. Everyone's yelling at me. I'm getting blood on the Stratomatic cards. I remember. That dog, uh, I was going down to the pool in the house. Frank Bogdano had a pool, and the dog made a big duty, and I slipped on it. And I actually slipped across the floor and fell. And I was more worried the dog was going to kill me than uh, than the duty all over my body. But it's all great memories. Hey, you were great again today. I love you. Have a, a great weekend. Hey, Joe, happy Father's Day, too, buddy. You too, my brother. You're the best. There he is, Joseph Tacopina. He's the man. He really is. I love that guy. He's great. He's the best. But, again, I'm very proud of Danielle, too. You're not going to read about it because she's way too private a person, way too private. But all this hell that Bill de Blasio is going through right now, at the very center of all that, is my wife, Danielle Rosenberg. Go get him, Danny. We'll take a uh, short break. We've got Larry Kudlow coming up, Michael Goodwin. And you ready for this? Craig Carton on this Friday edition of Sitting Friends in the Morning. WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. I love this song. How we used to... Hey, you like this song, uh, Justin? Yeah. Well, how can I... Sing it, Justin. I was uh, Justin, go. singing along. I was waiting, uh, you know. How about my girl, Danielle, kicking major ass here? Kicking... Dito just called me. He's major proud of Yeah, had to get that phone call in. Needed it. She, um... <laughs> she's completely different than me and Takapina, because if we fought, we want our names to be in the paper. Takapina is on, like, 90 shows a day. 90. I don't even ask him anymore. Cats and Cosby's on three times a week. Hannity three times a week. I don't even ask him. Oh, that was me. Yes. That's it. That that paper. That's going to be in the. That'll be in tomorrow. <laughs> I thought yes, we told you not phone. not to do that right into the microphone. Sorry, it's, it's, it's Mexican food's yeah. a killer. But Danielle doesn't want that stuff. So the, the news, the Daily News, the Post. She's like, not. Nah, don't put my name in there. No, thank you. But all these bad people, including Bill De Blasio, she's going to take his ass down. 
She's been doing it for years, just so you know. She's been involved in this for years. So when you read that story today about Bill de Blasio, you're not going to see her name. But if you love me, Sid, just know that Danielle is the one that Bill de Blasio should be very, very worried about. Very. You know what I'm saying, Lewis? You know Danielle will kick your ass. Every time I mention ass, you're going to play that? Yeah. <laughs> We've got a bunch of different ones. I know you do. Monday, June, <laughs> yeah. Monday, June 26th is uh, the big celebrity golf tournament we're going to be live at the day after my 31st wedding anniversary at the Ohika Castle. And the good news is Pete Morgan wants to play and others. You can buy foursomes right now, make donations, buy tickets. Go to BigDaddy'sGolfClassic.com for my buddy Rich Salgado, Big Daddy. BigDaddy'sGolfClassic.com. All the money that day that he raises is for the St. Jude's Children Research Hospital. St. Jude's, it's his sixth annual golf tournament. We've heard names like Tom Brady, Eli Manning, Daniel Jones, Aaron Rodgers. All may be on this show. We'll be out there Monday, June 26th. You can get involved today at BigDaddy'sGolfClassic.com. All right, a lot more great guests still to come, folks. Larry Kudlow, Michael Goodwin, Craig Carton. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us and Wings, love this song, Band on the Run at 843. Thank you for all the kind messages relating to my beautiful wife, Danielle. And again, you're not going to know it because she refuses to allow the firms that she's worked at to use her name in the paper. She told them flat out no. But all this trouble that Bill de Blasio's in, today a half a million dollar fine, at the very center of all of it, representing security detail guys and Really going hard at the Blasio is Danielle. It's my wife. So read that story today, and you will know that if you hate Bill de Blasio like I do, what he did to this city, what his wife did to this city, that uh, not Sid, but my wife Danielle is at the very center of making things right. And it's been a great show so far today, right? Curtis Sliwa, Corey Zelnick, Brian Kilmeade, Joseph Takapina, still to come Michael Goodwin, and the biggest story in media in New York the last two days. My friend Craig Carton, he'll join us at 940. He announced yesterday he's leaving WFAM. But my next guest has been getting up early in the morning for me. And I'm honored because this guy's a huge star. 
puts on a great show with big ratings, 10 to 1 every Saturday morning here. And uh, for my money, his Fox Business show is the best they've got. I love Janine on Fox News. I love Jesse. Uh, this guy's the best on Fox Business by a mile, and that's Larry Kudlow. Good morning, Larry. Welcome back, buddy. Says, is it morning or is it the dead of night? I can't figure this out. <laughs> but you're Justin, getting, you're getting, you... Justin, I, Justin had to send three people over to hold me out of bed, only for you. Yeah, you're getting used to this, though. You've done this a couple of times with me, and I know you'd only do it for me. I want you to know I'm really humbled and appreciative. Thank you. Only for you. Only for you, Sid. You got the best show in the morning. Only for you. Oh, my God. Thank and you. Wow. Whatever WABC radio wants. Wow. I do. We had dinner with John and Margo the other night. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you need, my Thank man. you. I, I really appreciate that. Thank you. And uh, I know that was a great dinner, you and uh, your lovely wife and John and Margo and Lindsey Graham, the whole crew. So you've had a, uh, a great week of guests, too. Jim Comer, I saw him on your show a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. And I saw Pence. i, I got to tell you, Larry, I've met Pence here because of John, John and Margo. Lovely yeah. guy. I interviewed him. He was on my morning show. He was very, very nice. He's starting to bother me now. i got to be honest. I think what he's doing with Trump isn't right. Uh, I think he's a bit of a backstabber. There's a way to go about this. And Donald Trump did an awful lot for Mike Pence. And I just, I don't know, I'm losing my luster for Mike Pence. You want to bring me back or jump on the boat leaving town with me? Well, I'm just going to let you make up. You know, we report, you decide. Uh, Mike Pence is a very old friend of mine, probably going back, I don't know, close to 25 years. Uh, he's a very strong conservative, Christian, social issues. He's a supply sider uh, on the economy. Uh, he's strong on the border, and he's uh, strong on national defense. But I would agree with you on the Trump questions. I asked him directly about some of his things that was in the Wall Street Journal that he said, you know, he's worried about Trump's disclosing documents to people, quote unquote. And I said, well, Trump didn't disclose anything to anybody. It's not like he just, you know, took documents and disclosed the contents to uh, some foreign agents, Russia, China, whatever. So I didn't understand Pence's, I didn't. I said, Mike, I don't understand your reference here. And he couldn't answer the question. He didn't answer the question. He mumbled around for right. a couple, two, three minutes, you know, until I, until I came in. I mean, look, the issues here, I mean, first of all, Trump is doing very well in the polls. You know, people are, Liz Peek was on my TV show yesterday, and she's quite skeptical of Trump. But she noted that these polls are showing that he will beat Biden. And uh, the point is, uh, people say Trump is the candidate that Biden and the Democrats want because they know they can beat him. That is simply not true. No. And and you look at this whole story that my, my view increasingly is very simple. Biden fears Trump, and therefore Biden is essentially attempting to throw Trump in jail at the earliest possible time. I mean, this uh, Dumbo prosecutor, special counsel Jack Smith, said in his news conference last week, or last week or earlier this, earlier this week, that he wants to get this done in a short period of time. What you have to read is they want Trump in jail. 
in a short period of time. <laughs> so he won't run against Biden. Right. But that's not going to happen. That is not going to happen. This is going to run through the courts because Trump is acting within the scope of the Presidential Records Act. It is a civil matter, not criminal. The Espionage Act has not has not convicted anybody since 1917. <laughs> OK, it's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And Trump is protected by the um, uh, Presidential Records Act. And this is a, an issue between the National Archives and the president. But the president, uh, who is now the former president, has full uh, discretion and that uh, to dispose of these documents in whatever way he sees. Well, but let me let me stop you for a second, because I am like you, a huge Trump supporter. He was on this show two weeks ago and worked for him like you did, Larry. So you guys are a bit closer. But I love the guy. But with everything you just said, which is 100 percent, 1000 percent accurate. What about the obstruction charge? What if, in fact, he did tell somebody to lie? You really can't get around that, can you? I don't believe it. I mean, I just I don't believe it. I think what's happened here is, again, uh, mangling the law. Uh, what they've done is uh, this uh, special counsel persuaded a judge to force one of Trump's attorneys to violate the attorney client privilege hmm. and talk about internal matters and discussions. And by the way, there were merely discussions. Now, that is a abrogation of the law. It will never stand up in court. And I think that's what they're hanging their hat on. Right. I don't think it's an obstruction charge whatsoever. Okay. You know, discussions are different than actions. They all have to prove obstruction. But the point is, if you look at the decision made by the Obama judge concerning Bill Clinton, you know, the famous, he's got all these classified tapes in his sock drawer okay and they had to make it uh, uh they had to make a court decision on this and she said clearly that the law states the president has full disclosure full disposal of all of these documents it's up to him whatever he wants to do yep. now trump you know the national archives can work it out with trump trump has said he will give back stuff if they work it out but these are conversations. Uh, they should never have been brought to a court. They should never have been in an indictment. They will never get Trump. But the whole point here is Biden wants to throw the ex-president in jail. Yes. This is a very sad, this is a very sad and tragic yep. development in American history. Oh, yeah. I mean, you look and at the Biden, past. You look at guys who have done that, you know, from Mao Zedong to Stalin right, to Hitler. Right. All these guys have thrown, right? Communist countries throw their opponents in jail. Right. Banana republics throw their opponents in jail. The uh, United States of America does not throw its opponents in jail. Listen, Trump, in a second term, knows where the bodies are buried now. He will clean the corrupt stables of Washington, D.C. and the swamp. He will clean out the FBI. He will clean out the Justice Department. He will clean out the CIA. He will clean out the federal bureaucracy. He knows where the bodies are buried now. And this is what Biden's fear. And and don't forget, Sid, this Burisma bribery scandal is now, this is closing in on uh, Joe Biden. 
closing, and they've just uh, reported today, the New York Post and the Washington Times, that uh, Biden uh, and his son's close associate, Devin Archer, is now negotiating. He's going to appear before James Comer uh, and his investigations committee. The noose is tightening. The 17 tapes, two of which were between the president of Burisma and Joe Biden. The other 15 were with Hunter Biden. The bribery scandal of $5 million to each. You know, this stuff is appearing in FBI documents from a very well-trusted informant who was a business associate. I mean, the point here, look, the Burisma, this whole storyline, which has finally come out this week, by the way, um, a lot of it from a Fox digital reporter named Brooke Singman. Uh, Burisma wanted to do business in the United States. They wanted to do an IPO. They wanted to hook in with it. One of the Texas oil companies said, this is so important. That was the motive. Hmm. They couldn't do it while they were under investigation by this Ukrainian prosecutor named Shokin. So they bribed Joe Biden in order to have him get rid of Shokin in Ukraine. And, and we have that, that tape. And we have that tape where Joe Biden goes, oh, son of a bitch. The guy was gone. Remember that, Larry? And the tape, this is between the, uh, the former president. You're right. The former president of the Ukraine and Joe Biden. And the former president of the Ukraine basically says, I did what you wanted even though there was no evidence of wrongdoing. That's on that tape. And Biden was withholding a billion dollars of foreign aid to Ukraine. So they got rid. So the old president got rid of the prosecutor, Shokin. Okay. And Biden had the State Department release the uh, $1 billion. Now, that is the most incredible corrupt uh, (laughs) exchange you've ever heard of. And then to to get there, later we learned that the Burisma CEO gave them $5 million, both of them. And they hid it through these little LLC phony accounts, uh, these so-called suspicious accounts that we learned from the Treasury. All I'm saying is Biden is a desperate man. He is a desperate man. He's trying desperately to throw his main opponent, uh, uh, Donald Trump, in jail. And he's desperate to get away. You know, you see him. He, he looks at the, every time they ask him about this Burisma bribery situation, he says, oh, that's Blarney. Stop asking these stupid questions. Right. He's got big trouble. No, but he, actually, but he actually screwed up last time because before he used his famous word, that's malarkey, he actually said, where's the money? That yeah, was stupid of him to say that. Where's the money? Sir? Yeah. Meanwhile, the stock market loves this. It's booming, Sid. The stock market is booming. One reason it's booming is it sees a change. It sees that socialism in Washington may be coming to an end. It likes that. Really? The stock market likes business. Really? The stock market likes capitalism. Sure, and sure. And it sees a Republican is going to replace Biden. In all likelihood, the Republican is going to be Donald Trump. But if the Republicans, Ron DeSantis, DeSantis will end socialism, too, yep. even though he's running a terrible campaign and doesn't have Agreed. an economic agenda. Yeah. But I'm saying if he ever got there, he's a good conservative. Yes. Okay, buy into he's that. a fine second so, choice. He's a fine second choice. I only have about three minutes yeah. to go, but I want to hit this because, again, as if you're not brilliant enough, my God, 10 to no, 1 every Saturday and every I'm day on Fox reporting. Business. You're brilliant. I'm just reporting. No, you're just brilliant. Reporting. No, you're not. You're humble. You're brilliant. I, you, you, <laughs> you wrote this. You said, America is not, not the cause of alleged climate issues. Oh, 
Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Biden. I mean, it's crazy stuff. He speaks to the whatever it's called, the League of Conservation Voters or some damn thing. He says America is the cause of it. So we put up a chart, actually two charts, showing that the United States between 2010 and 2020 had the largest reduction in carbon emissions of any major country in the world by far, <laughs> by far. And then we put up a second chart and shows who the polluters are. Guess what? China, number one, by far, number two, India, and then you got Saudi Arabia in there and so forth. I mean, China's building a couple of hundred coal plants every year, and Joe Biden is blaming America, right? <laughs> so it's like, hey, I'm Joe Biden, comma, quote, I hate America. Right? That's what he does. That's what he does. And then, and then the best part, uh, the most fun I've ever had he gets uh, he says, I'm going to go off script now. And he says he wants to build a railroad between the West Coast of the United States, all through the Pacific and the Indian Ocean to get to uh, uh, Africa. He wants a railroad to go underneath the Pacific Ocean, then back on land in China, then back underneath the Indian Ocean oh. Oh till it gets to, till it gets to Africa. Now, he's describing this now. If you go up and do the Google map thing, that's an 8,000-mile railroad, okay, 8,000 miles, which if you ever built the darn thing, would emit more carbon than anything we've had in three or 400 years, okay? And we calculated the cost would be somewhere around $7 trillion. Oh, my God. And I'm asking the question, where's Biden going to get the $7 trillion? Because he's already bankrupt the United States government by spending $5 trillion in two years. Ay, ay, ay. So this yep. is a Biden fantasy. He's going to run a railroad through, listen, over the, underneath the Pacific, <laughs> Back on land in China and then underneath the Indian Ocean. He actually said this. That's crazy. I'm, I'm not making I believe this up. you. I believe How you. Could I make this I up? mean, plus, plus, plus. No one no. has an imagination to make of this course stuff not. up. Plus, by the way, trillion dollars. he may want to, uh, one of these days, if he's so worried about carbon emissions and all these things, maybe him and his transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, yeah. should start yeah. walking instead of taking private jets. No, Larry? No. Nah. Yes, of course. But that's way too easy. The best part with Pete Buttigieg was when, you know, and they, we have it on tape. We showed it last night in the show. Yeah. Buttigieg would come to the White House for meetings, okay, with the president, whoever. So he'd come in his big black SUV, his big black gas-guzzling <laughs> SUV. Then he would stop at the security gate, get out of the car, go and lift the tailgate up and pull out a bicycle <laughs> Then he would get on the bicycle and ride a half a block on West Exec, the side entrance, okay? I mean, the guy's a complete, utter phony. He had the whole thing on tape, the whole thing on tape. So he was lying. He he won't fess up about how many private jets he took, which are all gas-guzzling, fuel-guzzling jets. That's number one. And number two, he's a phony because he rides in his SUV with his security detail and then goes up the tailgate, hops on a bicycle, and rides a half a block down West Exec Road and then goes in the side door of the the White House. You can't make this stuff up. No, you can't. Yeah. Did yeah. this, you got to make a movie? Said you got <laughs> you got to produce the movie. I'll help you finance it. Okay, done. done. We'll, we'll ask Mister Captain Matidis if he's interested in an Oscar-winning movie about people. <laughs>
<laughs> hey, John's actually said to me the last thing he wants to buy, and you heard this too, Larry, you were there that night, is a uh, movie studio. So who knows? It's possible. Hey, listen, uh, this was another unbelievable discussion. I mean this, Larry. When you come on the show, it's a big, big deal for me. You're so great. Your radio show was it. great. Your TV show I was great. It. I love you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, anytime, Sid. Anytime. Dead at night, only for you. Thank you, Larry. God, he's so Bye. great. Bye, buddy. I love Larry Cudlow. I love him. I don't like him a little. I don't even love him a little. I love Larry Cudlow a lot. Check him out. 10 to 1 every Saturday. And, of course, every day. He's the best show on Fox Business. Trust me. The best. Larry Cudlow. Still to come. Michael Goodwin. And the big announcement, Craig Carton, leaving WFAN. He'll join us at 940. Fourth and final hour is next. If I ever get out of here, thought of giving it all away to a registered charity. All I need is a fine today. If I ever get out of here, if we ever get out of WABC. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Wait a second, what happened to Disco Friday? I haven't heard any disco here this morning at all. It's making me extraordinarily angry. Lou, you think you could uh, juxtaposition in here any disco at all to try to calm me down? Anyway, yours truly, Curtis Lee, we're here. I'm taking over the control sets here at WABC. I have no idea where Sid Rosenberg has departed off to. I know he was talking about how his lovely wife is doing the deep dive on Bill de Blasio. I and Nancy are assisting uh, in that, along with Bo Deedle. You'll hear more at 12 noon today when I come on the air. But um, it is an interesting day because I have uh, suggested... That I'd be given a tryout over at the uh, fan, WFAN. And uh, I don't know. I don't think Sid's been able to deliver for me. That's all I ask of Sid. Just I one was thing. I just on the phone outside with Olivero. And all I want is a tryout to replace. Well, they've announced Tiki Barber, but between you and I, they're still looking at the situation. Tiki Barber. Look, I like Tiki Barber, but... No, he's not ready for prime time. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's not? I'm sorry. What okay. do they want? Ebony and Ivory there? Yeah, yeah pretty much. Pretty much. Well, let what, me, does let me... know, what does he know about baseball? 
Um, he's a pretty good shortstop. I what a, does he know I, I, about I, I, baseball? I We're in know. the middle of the baseball season. <laughs> well, I'm going to talk to Oliveira more. Don't worry. But I got to run over here to Michael Goodwin, the great New York Post columnist. He's on the phone right now. That's my guy, Curtis Sliwa, who is uh, part of the show. He's on every day. He's part of the show. He is an official member of Sid and Friends in the Morning. Michael's on every week when I put the pictures up of my friends in the New York Post every couple of weeks. There's Michael Goodwin. Good morning, Michael. How are you, pal? Uh, good morning, Sid. Thank you. It's great to have uh, great to have you back. And your last couple of columns, as always, right on the money. I like this one. Millions losing faith in our system over Trump-Biden divide. Quote, can't vote our way out of this injustice. It was interesting. I just had Larry Kudlow on the show. I know you like Larry. And uh, sure. Larry said, you know, say what you want about Trump or Biden, but what's happening here right now, it's very simple. Joe Biden is trying to throw his opposition in jail, and that's not America. So there is a Trump-Biden divide, which is nasty. The country's divided. But I'm sorry, Mike. I'm going to take one side over the other and say the reason is, while both sides have issues, the Democrats are completely insane. Opposed to Republicans who are what partially yes, insane. Yes, this on one side is actually worse than the other. You can blame them both. I'm okay with that. But the Democrats, I mean, every one of these policies, they've gone off the rails, Mike. Well, look, I I, I would certainly say, Sid, that you know when you look at sort of some of the red states, the a lot of the policies are very distinct from the national policies. And the Democrats are largely driving the national agenda. I think much of what we have seen in, in really recent decades is Republicans reacting to the Democrat uh, initiatives, to their agenda, to their narrative of how life should be. I mean, the, the current fracas over you know, transgenderism, uh, over cancel culture, uh, all of these are Democrat driven ideas and the republicans are you know as William f buckley said you know basically standing athwart uh, history and saying stop um, and that's the way the democrats view it that their job is to push the nation into the future and republicans as conservatives want to conserve what is good and best about the past and and the founding, the the current nature of the country, the verities, the the principles, the the traditions, um, and so this conflict now has has pretty much gone nuclear, and I think it's it's visible across so many battlefields. I mean, it's like front, you know the fronts in war where the fighting erupts at different places. This feels like it's now across every front. It's one big war, the left against uh, the conservatives. And I would say actually it's the far left because of their policies are so far out of the mainstream, so far abnormal to most Americans. I mean, uh, as symbolized by that uh, uh, Pride Day event on the White House lawn the other day, which is – becomes vulgar it's demeaning to every part of the culture and yet it's coerced into the culture well michael forced in how about tonight the dodgers are playing the giants and they've got an anti-catholic lgbtq group that does skits about the eucharist and jesus using condoms and sexually graphic skits and they're going to honor them 
at the Dodger-Giant game tonight, which is grotesque and nasty. And look, you're right. There is this crazy divide, and both sides seem to be digging in. And we've got some of that in the city as well. And you look at this, Daniel Penny, I'll be back on Fox News again tonight with Jesse Waters. I was on two nights ago with Brian Kilmeade talking about this story. As far as I'm concerned, Michael Goodwin, Daniel Penny's a hero. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He's a hero. If more New Yorkers did what Daniel Penny did, we'd have less deaths on the subway. Yet, 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 it's become a race issue because of crazy lefty Al Sharpton. It's become a, a criminal issue because crazy leftist Alvin Bragg. So we're experiencing that right now, Michael, in our own city. No, that's a good point that, uh, you know, again, everything gets, you know, who, who gets to write the narrative, right? That's the, that's the argument. What's the narrative of that case? Is it Daniel Penny uh, uh, saved uh, people's lives by perhaps by wrestling uh, Neely to the ground, by holding him down along with other, pa- uh, other uh, passengers? Um, is, is that is that the storyline, or is it its race? This poor man who was homeless and who was black and mentally ill, and he was, you know, a vigilante snuffed out his life. I mean, those are the conflicting narratives we have. And, of course, in most cases, the truth uh, is somewhere in the middle, not necessarily right down the middle, but these are the things we can't seem to work out that everything has to be win or lose. There's no compromise. And look, I think Washington and Albany are the kind of places, Sid, that they won't compromise with each other anymore. And this, I think, has become the ethos in the whole country. Nobody's getting along. Uh, I mean, it's just crazy what you see what happens on airlines with with passengers going crazy on each other. I mean, there's something in the culture that's breaking down. And to me, it is about this ability that, you know, you, you have to have some self-restraint. It can't just be up to society to restrain you. And that's what Democrats want to do. They want to use the power of the law, law enforcement always, to restrain you, to coerce you. And Republicans, I think, in general believe it's a little bit more live and let live, you know, yes. but self-respect, for, but respect for yep. traditions and boundaries. And so this clash, as I say, I mean, to me, the subway incident feels like here we go again. It's very much in the same vein. Everything, everyone goes to their corners on every one of these issues. And it's, it's really something that I think is tearing this country apart. I agree. But you mentioned earlier the, you know, the radical left, the progressive left. And I have to tell you, Michael, that I was always taught as a little boy living in that small town, Brooklyn, New York, the majority wins. <laughs> and now what I'm noticing is transgenders make up less than 1% of the population, but we worry about them, we make laws for them. Gays make up about 3% of the population. Everybody's gay this month, everybody, even me, and I'm married with, with two kids. And then you've got uh, all the legal uh, issues as well. And then you've got guys like Joe Biden who really, for the most part, spent a lot of his Democrat political life uh, closer to a centrist than a Democrat, and he's been pulled completely to the left. I don't know that many common-sense Democrats anymore. Even Adams, who was a Republican, 
a lot of times now he's been being pulled to the left. So I don't know if the radical left, progressive left, is necessarily the uh, the minority. I feel like they're pulling all the strings. Well, I, I, I would grant you that certainly they've had an outsized impact on social policy in the Biden administration and in many other states, and including New York uh, and including New York City. Uh, no question about it. I mean, if, again, if you look back to the 21 mayoral race, Eric Adams was the most conservative Democrat who could be elected. That's why I supported him. Uh, it was because uh, it was either Eric Adams or Maya Wiley oh. or, you know, some of the other sort of socialist-leaning uh, candidates. Catherine Garcia primary. was there. So I think Catherine Garcia was third, I believe. I'm not sure, but yes. Yes, uh, she was second, I think, in the end. Right. Second or third, Garcia and Wiley. Right. And Garcia was was okay on some issues, but she seemed to lack, I think, just sort of, the strength and the confidence to really carry through. I wasn't clear where she was. I think she's, she came across as a little wishy-washy. Yeah, I would say that's true. So have you given up hope? I mean, look, you're, you're a pretty optimistic guy. I remember I yelled at you once when you first started coming on regularly because you were still writing some nice things about the mayor. And I said, listen, the mayor's on my show every two weeks. You know, he still is, Michael. And I've dined with the mayor. I've spent uh, time with the mayor. He spent time with my wife, Danielle, my son, Gabriel. I like him, you know. But the truth is, lately I find myself criticizing Mayor Adams a lot more than applauding him. That's just, and I said to you, come on, Mike, what are you waiting for? Come on my side. <laughs> um, but you're an optimist. You're but, talking to Curtis a lot. Right, you know? <laughs> that's true. Curtis, Curtis is absolutely, he's, he's, he's killed me. He's, he's contaminated me. But have you lost hope, Mike, and you feel like there's still hope for this city? Well, look, what choice do we have? I mean, he's mayor for, what, two and a half Well, let me stop you years. right there. What choice do we have? The choice that hundreds of thousands are making, and that is have dinner in Delray Beach tonight. <laughs> well, yes. Look, that that is an option. And uh, every time you see something like, uh, you know, now the reparations movement, oh, uh, you oh. know, the, the these union contracts where there was not a single give back, not a single thing that would relieve the cost of the new of the raises. I mean, that is the traditional give and take of collective bargaining, that even though these are Democratic-controlled unions, uh, they're going to vote for the mayor ultimately, uh, but that they have to recognize a greater good than just what they can put in their pockets. No, there was none of that. The mayor did not demand any real givebacks. And so the cost of the contracts is there's no offset. It's a net cost to the citizenry, which, of course, means more taxes. You know, the thing that strikes me is that if I had to finger point one thing that makes me feel the city has, has lost its bearings, it's the idea that the MTA has all of this uh, fare beating going on, hundreds of millions of dollars a year, buses and subways, right? And the answer is congestion pricing. <laughs> the people who don't ride the subways, the right. people who pay their taxes, they will pay more because the MTA <laughs> and the prosecutors True. refuse to enforce the law and make everyone pay their fair fare. No, we're not going to do that. We're just going to maybe wink and let them let the, let you know hundreds of thousands of people every day skip and beat the fair, commit the crime, we're not going to call it a crime, and we're going to tax other people to make up the difference. That's what's unfair. That's the kind of thing that's going to kill this city.
That's why you're a genius. I swear to God, Mike, you just made such an unbelievable point. I got to tell you, when I leave here at 10 o'clock, I'm going to take the, the four, the five, or the six, probably the four, the five down to Wall Street to hop on a ferry and go home. And uh, every day I see a bunch of people doing it, not just kids, jumping the style. Oh. And I get mad because I'm like, wait a second, I just spent $133 on a Metro card for the month. What do I have to pay? I, I yell at the kids. I go, hey, kid. I just paid. Go back and buy one. One of these days, someone's going to punch me across the face. But, <laughs> but Mike, it pisses me off. And you're right. It's a huge issue. And congestion pricing, that is a brilliant point out of you. Brilliant. Oh, that's what it's for. Oh, for support mass transit. Well, how about mass transit tightens the screws on the money it's already been given? Yep. I mean, <laughs> then, then we could have a, re- a rational conversation about how much more money does it yep. need. But it's bleeding cash every day. You know, it, this, is, this is what the city does. It's wasteful in everything it does. I mean, it's notoriously so. And what does it do? It keeps demanding more and more cash. You know, it's like the, uh, the poker table in, in the casinos. How high is the rake, right? <laughs> well, the rake is pretty darn high when it comes to New York City. Yeah, that's another great analogy. Hey, I love having you on, man. You really are terrific. Michael Goodwin, New York Post columnist. Keep doing what you do and keep talking. New York needs you. Thanks very much, pal. We'll do it again next week. Thank you. Always a pleasure, Sid. Thank you. Thank you. Well, uh, We'll go to Todd Sanders, and we'll talk to Craig Carton coming up at 9.40. More of Sid and Friends in the morning on this Friday morning right after this. 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Great Morrissey. Every day is like Sunday. Father's Day coming up on Sunday. Happy Father's Day, everybody out there. I just want to uh, tell you, folks, I will be back on Fox News tonight. I just did Brian Kilmeade. He filled in for Tucker Carlson Wednesday. Well, Tucker's God, obviously. Uh, tonight I'll be on Jesse Waters. Pretty big to be on 8 o'clock and 7 o'clock shows in three nights on Fox News, but that goes to show you the superstar that I am. Or maybe not. I don't know what it shows you. I don't know. Don't worry about it. God. Are you talking? I don't know. I think to myself again. Spirits Capital Corporation is a sponsor of asset-backed alternative investments and securitizations for the spirits industry. The objectives of the company are to create an open, safe, and secure marketplace to capitalize on the strong and promising future of this spirit. The company provides a high degree of transparency and assurance in certifying the underpinning value of its cask investment deeds. The company integrates whiskey, whiskey, Justin, you love whiskey, Justin, and technology experts to bring our customers the finest premium product and value through a secure and transparent contract transaction. If it sounds confusing, it is. But I'm fascinated by this. You know, because everybody's always telling me, Sid, 
as if I had money, which I don't, but if I did, you know, put your money in gold, put your money in silver, put your money all over the place. We know the cryptocurrency didn't work. Well, how about this for an alternative? And maybe a way to really make sure your money is safe. With that said, Todd Sanders is the chairman and chief executive officer. Uh, he's the man, big-time entrepreneur, and he'll explain all of this to us. Todd, good morning, buddy. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How was that uh, introduction? Did I read the company mission statement well and all that? Was that good? Yes, yes, yes you did. All about the confusing part. I'll make it very simple. Okay, because, look, I, Larry Kudlow was just on about an hour ago. I bring on Charlie Brilliant, Gasparino. Man. Yes, Gasparino, Monica Crowley, even Insana. CNBC's on the other side, I know. But uh, I'm interested in all these things and how Americans and, quite frankly, citizens anywhere can make sure their money remains money. And you can help us with that. Isn't that right? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, a cask investment deed, it's, when you boil it down, it's actually quite simple. It's, it's similar to a bond. It's a credit instrument that provides a fixed rate of return over a fixed term. And what we do is we collateralize it with, one, with, with an incredible tangible asset, one of America's greatest assets, uh, and an asset class that has long been – uh, unavailable mainly to the investing public, which is premium American whiskey and bourbon. So what we do is we allow people to get a anywhere from, depending on their maturity, between a 10 to 15% return that's fully collateralized uh, with barrels of aging whiskey or bourbon, and we provide them with they have a they have a lien against the barrels. We put them on a digital ledger, which is the technology aspect, so that uh, there is full transparency there. Nothing can be moved around uh, on that ledger at all. So we provide a very safe, secure investment where, look, we're not looking, we're not looking to, uh, you know, aim for the fences here. This is a, you know, it's a secured investment with a, very nice rate of return in an asset class that is not only an inflation hedge, but also recession-proof. Well, really there's no doubt, people. right? People still drink no matter what, even during recession. When, 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 when things are good, people drink. When things are bad, people drink more. You're, not, <laughs> you're right about that. Now, there are a few things in life, right? We know that. Uh, sex and liquor and gambling, you know, you, people could be losing. Uh, they could be shutting up their electricity. They'll find a way to get to the table. But so, <laughs> am I right, Todd? So, so if you're I right. called you this morning and I said, here's the deal. My name is Sid Rosenberg. I make a decent living. Morning show host at WABC. I've tried silver. Eh. I've tried, I've tried gold. Eh. I even tried that cryptocurrency stuff a couple of years ago. I got screwed. Now you've got my ear. What is my next step, Todd? How do I get you the money? How are you going to ensure me I'm going to make uh, an investment here, make some money? What is the next step? Well, the first thing we want to do is make sure that you're accredited investor. So we'll ask you a couple of couple of basic questions um, to make sure that you qualify. Uh, what exactly? We'll what, what exactly is an accredited investor? I'm just curious. Talk to me like I'm in the first grade. An accredited investor, per, per SEC guidelines, is a uh, is an individual, uh, a single individual who has earned at least two hundred thousand dollars a year over the last three years, okay. or 
married $300,000 a year over the last three years or a net worth of at least $1 million uh, exclusive of their residence. Exclusive of the residence. Yes. I was doing okay, but I was, I was doing okay with the first couple. Now I'm out. But if I, if I, if I'm able well, to well, meet you, the first you two. You, you don't have, you don't have to meet, you don't have to meet both of them. It's, it's either or. Got it. Okay. So I do meet, uh, one of those, maybe two of those. So now what's our next discussion? So then the next discussion is, you know, obviously we would, we'd walk you through the investment. We would answer any questions that you have. And, and if you wanted to proceed, then we would send you to our portal where you go online and you actually fill out the, uh, the paperwork to, you know, proving that you're the accredited investor. All the KYC, the know your customer uh, information is provided. Uh, then obviously you go to the, the purchase agreement for your review and signature. Uh, and then it just, you know, it's a very cookie-cutter approach. We use an outside company that specializes in this so that all the I's are dotted and T's are crossed. Yep. Uh, and then you go ahead, and once they give you the, you know, the, the okay, you're approved, then you go ahead and, you know, they bring you to the payment portal where you, you would, you know, wire, ACH. I mean, yeah. you use a credit card if you want, but it's a pretty big ticket item. So what is the minimum I can wire? The minimum is $125,000. Jesus, Todd. And then what is the average rate on my return? So the investment is set up for a, a five-year term that pays 15% per annum. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And, yeah, but, what you know, obviously, look, five years is a long period of time and things in life happen. So we have, we have uh, constructed this so that, if you want to get out sooner, you have two opportunities. At, at, at the end of two years, you can come to us and say, look, I, I'd, like to, I'd like to be out at 36 months. Okay. No problem. We'll take you out of 36 months, and then you will, you will have gotten a 10% per annum return. That's great. And then we also, at, at, at 36 months, if you're still in, you say, hey, look, I want to get out at 48 months. No problem you'll get a 12.5% per annum return. Wow. All right, so two more will let you run because uh, i got Craig Carton coming up next. Actually, these come from my friend Johnny Tobacco, who's a big-time Staten Island guy, Newsmax, the whole thing. He says, uh, are they financial advisors, he's asking, and is his principal investment guaranteed? Well, no, we are not financial advisors. We're an alternative investment firm. And we can never use the term guarantee. No one could use the term guarantee. A U.S. Treasury is not guaranteed. It's backed by the full faith and credit of the United States. So guarantee is a term that we, we do not use. However, the, the um, underlying investment is fully collateralized with a tangible appreciating asset. Okay, so in the final 30 seconds, this is great. I think I'm actually considering doing this. I swear to God, Todd. In the final 30 seconds, tell my listeners why, if like me, they've gotten involved in silver and gold and these other ways of uh, securing their money, making investments, I should say, why is this better than those? Well, because I'll tell you, historically, whiskey has outperformed all the precious metals, gold, silver, platinum. It has outperformed the S&P 500. It has. It is the number one. What's called a luxury asset class, beating out art, wine, classic cars, etc. So you have an 
an asset class here with over 200 years worth of historical returns in probably America, one of America's best assets that has ever existed. So quickly, Todd, one more time. Todd Sanders here. How do people contact you and uh, Spirits and uh, get started on this seemingly great investment today? The best thing to do would be to go to Cask Deeds. That's C-A-S-K-D-E-E-D-S dot com. All right, Todd, thank you for hopping on today. I found this to be a fascinating conversation. Sounds like a great investment to me, to, to me I should say. So best of luck, and we'll talk again very, very soon. Thank you, Todd. Thank you very much. Have a great day. You too, Todd Sanders Spirits. We are going to talk to uh, Craig Carton, who just announced yesterday that he's leaving WFAN. He's going to go full-time television. That was the biggest story in New York for about four hours yesterday. It's a big deal. So we'll talk to Craig. Oi. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. Today is a, it's a happy day and a very sad day for me. And it's a, it's one of the most difficult days I'll ever do in radio because I'm leaving WFAN. Uh, I know there was a New York Post story a few hours ago that I acknowledged that and announced that. That story is accurate. Uh, June 30th will be my last show on WFAN, and there's some aspects to that that I want to be uh, open about and clear about and direct about. Uh, I love Evan. Uh, It has nothing to do with Evan Roberts. It has nothing to do with anybody here. It has everything to do with me and my personal life and the opportunity that I have now uh, via Fox Sports to do a show on Fox Sports 1. So if I can backtrack just for a moment, WFAN is family to me. WFAN is everything to me. I am a 30-plus year radio talk show host, and radio is all I've ever done well. Radio has been like a family member to me, starting all the way back in Buffalo, New York, making $12,000 a year, and going from uh, city to city over the course of about 10 years, and then ultimately being fortunate enough to land here with Boomer back in 2007. And I love radio. It's all I've ever done, and like I said, it's all I've ever done well. So making a decision to walk away, not just from radio, but very specifically from WFAN, is not an easy decision. It wasn't when I made it. And now that that day has come where I'm acknowledging it and talking about it, it uh, has not gotten any easier. Come on now, Natalie Merchant, 10,000 Maniacs. Saw them at the Beacon Theater twice on Mushrooms. Told you Michael Stipe from R.E.M. jumped on stage with the Johnny Happy People. I got naked. Stop. Stop it right now. Shut up. My guy, uh, Craig Carton, I played that about ten times today. Proud of Craig. Craig um, announced yesterday, we knew it was coming. It's an old story, but he made it official that he's going full-time to Fox Sports, which he does a great show on TV every morning. Great show. And you're going to leave FAN. Look, Craig, uh, Tiki Barber is going to replace him. I know Tiki for 100 years, terrific guy, but Craig's different. Now, Craig's like me. You know, you, you, real entertainer. You just don't, you, know, you can't get those guys. And uh, he's made the decision that he thinks is best for him and his family, his lovely wife Kim and all his kids. And he's got a really good job, and they're paying him well, deservedly so. But uh, Radio Loose is uh, one of the more talented folks to ever sit behind the mic ever. I mean ever. 
with this announcement yesterday. With that said, here he is. I'm on his team for his baseball game tomorrow. Craig Carton. Craig, uh, first of all, congratulations. I know it's kind of bittersweet for you, but um, congrats on really an unbelievable story, a great return. And the fact you could even make that decision yesterday says a lot about where you've come the last couple of years. Uh, well, first of all, I appreciate you having me on. It's uh, I'm blessed as you are to have you know this uh, second opportunity to do what we both love to do and both feel like we're really, really good at. Uh, of course, the guys at the fan figure I'm coming back in 14 months. No, on a serious note, I'm sure you left that door open with Oliveira, right? You never know. You never know. <laughs> you know. You listen. The fact that I came back this time, you never know. You never know. But I, I listen. I appreciate that and. Sid and I have uh, rejuvenated and rekindled the friendship that goes back a very, very long time to 1997. But um, my people are telling me that you are now complaining about some type of Fugazi hamstring uh, <laughs> prior to tomorrow's yeah. charity softball game yeah. uh, at 6 o'clock at Staten Fugazi. Island University Hospital Stadium. What's up? Well, Fugazi is not the word I would use. In fact, uh, Craig is not going to make you happy. But I went over this with Lou and Justin earlier this morning. I made a list at 4.30 this morning of the injuries yeah, that, I, that I've had to deal with over the last couple of weeks because I'm old now, you know. So I've got, oh. a, huh? I've got a pulled right hamstring. I've got mm-hmm. something wrong with my MCL or ACL in my right knee. My mm-hmm. left elbow is inflamed. I don't know what it is. Advil's not even helping or sweetamine. Oh. And I can't turn my neck to the left. Otherwise, ask your question. Can you uh, can you sing the national anthem? <laughs> you know what? I probably uh, can. <laughs> uh, you you be in a jersey, but you ain't playing. <laughs> well, but, or I can do you one better because uh, we we offered this to some other guys. Would you like to bat, and I can have a kid run for you? Would you like that? You know what's scary about that, Craig? My father, God rest his soul, lost him three years yeah. ago. You know. We used to play softball upstate every Sunday morning. We still do. And I was younger, in great shape, like you, you know, playing shortstop. And my dad was like 75. He played first base. He was a tall man. And he would hit. He could still hit. But my son, Gabe, who was like three, would run for him. And here I am. You're kidding, but I'm not. I'm in that same position. (laughs) Gabe is going to run for me this summer in upstate New York. Now, look, I am going to play, and I'll tell you why. Yes, odds are I'll be more of a detriment like the Mets. I'm going to strike out. I'm going to drop a pop-up, something like that. But the people are paying to come see folks like me and you. So despite my my lackluster potential performance, you have to play me. You have to. No, listen, if you show up and you're on the and you want to play, you're going to play. Uh, you may not play every inning like no one's going to because we've got a lot of guys coming, like Plaxico Burris is coming and wow. James Jones is coming and Ryan Leaf is playing and Tiki, of course, is coming. He's great. And uh, a whole bunch of uh, Bam Knight from the Jets is coming. It's going to be wow. a great day. And it's at Staten Island. I think your boss has a connection to the stadium, if I'm not mistaken. Has a connection. And, uh, he owns it. We actually <laughs> – <laughs> he has a connection. Yeah, okay. yeah. He owns he owns a stadium and the baseball team, the Ferry Hawks. Uh, that's because I called Randy Levine. I thought Randy Levine owned it. No, Randy, of course, is the president of the Yankees, and him and John yeah. have been best friends for a hundred years. And right. John is part of that whole group. Yes, 
Yes. Oh, that's well. Listen, please extend an invitation uh, if he would like to play as well. Obviously, you know we'd love to have him uh, since it's his uh, his park, and they're graciously yeah. enough, you know, allowing us to, to bring the event. I just want to say, uh, listen, the gates open at five o'clock. It's a charity celebrity softball game. It's going to be a lot of fun Saturday night. But the reason we're doing it, and if you just give me thirty seconds on it, is that there was a, a New York City detective named Joseph Lem. Joseph Lem was known as the Superman of cops, and he also represented our country at war. And Joseph Lem went over to Afghanistan and sadly lost his life, and he left behind a beautiful widow and kids. And when I met the family, they had asked me if there's anything I could do to keep his name alive. This is many years ago. And we did a couple events back in the day. We did a basketball game at St. John's, and they do a golf tournament. And when I got back to New York, one of the important things for me is I rebuilt my life and my career. And you try to change the narrative of my life was to make sure I reconnected with great foundations like the Joseph Lem Foundation to honor what is truly an American hero. Now, the cool thing is that his daughter, who's now kind of a young adult, is going to be singing the national anthem. Aww. And uh, while we're not going to raise you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars on Saturday, we're going to keep Joseph's name alive, and we're going to remind people about the sacrifices that you know our police force, our firefighters, and the men and women who wear the flag on their uh, heart, uh, rep- what that represents. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of ball busting, but we're also doing it to honor uh, Joseph Lem, and that's uh, the key part of this. And that's a beautiful thing you're doing, and uh, of course, uh, this station, we we do a lot of stuff like that, and it's really refreshing, Craig, but that's the type of person you are. So, very simple question. Now you move on from WFAN. This is a WFAN game. It's your game, but Evan Roberts is there, Tiki Barber, Brandon Tierney. Move on to Fox. Does this game take place next year? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, no doubt. Like I think when, when you're doing a, a game like this for the reason we're doing it, to me, I, I'm not a big believer in, oh, you can't invite people from other companies or networks. I think that's silly. So in theory, I wouldn't have invited you. You're a very successful morning guy in WABC. Oh, well, we compete station to station. Like, throw that out the window. There's some times where that doesn't matter because you're doing it for the right cause or the right reason. So I will do this game now. This will be our first one. But if I'm standing and I can play shortstop and lead <laughs> off, this game is happening. No, good. I'm um, glad. I'm glad. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. sometimes you move on and you leave some things behind. This, that shouldn't be the case with this. Look, you know, I invited guys from ESPN to come play. Good. Like, you know, ESPN and WFN are mortal enemies. But in the name of charity, uh, I think you throw all that stuff out the window. And if you're available, like I always say this, and I know you feel the same way, we're blessed that we don't, you know, not that it's brain, it's not brain surgery, but it's not easy either but you know there's real people out there working real jobs we are not among those people right. we get paid a very nice living yep. to sit on our asses and talk about politics talk about sports make fun have some fun <laughs> make laughs and go home right yeah yeah so at some there are times when we all need to put our egos aside and say yeah we compete against each other and we'll fight against each other you know to try to be successful but it's okay to join hands yes. and do something for the greater good and that's what we're doing. Well, it's funny because, you know, I've always been loyal to you. So when you came back a couple of years ago, you're doing afternoons. Yeah. You know, I, I was uh, getting kind of close with Michael Kay and the guys. I was appearing on their show when I stopped all that. But a couple of summers ago, Don LaGreca reached out to me. He had a celebrity softball game for a friend of his that died from cancer. And I was uh, very happy he called me, and I played in that game. Of course. And LaGreca, now, is he one of the guys that will be there tomorrow? No. No. 
because <laughs> he hates you, doesn't he? No, and I'd say, no, I just, I, I, I like Don Greco. I've yeah. never met the man. Um, I, I respect his career. You know, there's only one guy over there that I really dislike because he's a little weasel. Um, but outside of that. Who is it? Is it, it that, is that son of a bitch, Weak DPHO? He's such an a-hole. No, I love Rick. <laughs> no, you don't I like him. He's an idiot. Who do you, who is it that you don't like? Uh, the little guy, the little guy, the little weasel. Um, Peter Rosenberg. Uh, Peter yeah, Rosenberg. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. He, well, he's yeah. not nice. To, he's not nice to you. You're right. He's uh, not but, nice. But, but I don't care. You don't have to be nice to me. He's just a weasel. Yeah. Like there's two things. Like you can be mean to me. You can take shots at me. I'm a big boy. I'm thick skinned. But that dude's just a weasel. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. All. And he's a big and liberal if I was his too. Fiance, I would think twice about marrying him. <laughs> and maybe do some more background checks on that dude and what he does when you're not with him. Let me tell you, you know, somebody. Know, somebody walked up to me once and said, "Oh, they heard somebody say Rosenberg." They go. Oh, my God, you're Peter Rosemary. You go, oh, my God, I'm going to punch you across the face. Uh, no, <laughs> yes, what I got. So I, I also played a clip earlier this morning of your speech yeah. yesterday, which was really great. It was heartfelt and really emotional. And you brought up our mutual friend, Chris Olivero. And I told yeah. this story many times that 23 years ago, you said he was the board op in your uh, talk on the fan yesterday. Forget was, about that. Right. He was an intern even before that. He used to split the week between you and I and Howard Stern. And he told right. me one time in Brooklyn, one day I'm going to run this, day, this uh, uh, CBS. And I said, you know what, Chris? I believe that. And that has come to fruition. And I know from the day that you had your issues, the day you got back, he really, I mean, I've done a lot. You know, I, I love you. You know, you and I have good friends. But he has really, really been the rock for you, Chris Olivero, yes? Well, I mean, he was a, a guy that obviously, like you, I've had a 20-year relationship with, and I, no joke, uh, I know we pay lip service to this sometimes, you know, I consider a brother, like a legitimate brother. Yeah. I would take a bullet for the kid, and I think you would as well, and he's meant so much to both of our careers, but from an advice standpoint, uh, a sounding board standpoint, and in my case, you know, he had retired. He was a consultant for other companies. And while he has not ever told me this, I am of the firm belief the only reason he returned to WFAN uh, to be employed there was to make sure that I was okay. You want the now, truth? Even, you want the truth? I may, I may have invented that, but no. You I want the truth? That. You want the truth? Yeah. It yeah. was in the contract. He said, "Quote: I'm not coming back unless you allow me to put Craig Carton on the air." In the contract. That's how loyal he is to you. Yeah. Yeah, and that's one of those things where no matter how much you want, you can never repay that in kind. But that's how special that guy is as a friend. And I've always said, and I know you agree with me, in uh, the world of radio, with all due respect to you know, all the great programmers out there, because obviously there are a lot of them, that is the single smartest person uh, in, the, in this country, and I believe in the history of our medium, to ever be a radio executive. Uh, it's like, you know, Beethoven playing the piano, Goodwill Hunting, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> that's who that dude is in radio. And as a friend, there's an old thing about talking about, you know, actions and words, right? And we all can blow smoke up each other's rear ends, but what are your actions? And that guy uh, consistently, 24-7, 365, never wavers on his actions. His words always back up his actions. And unfortunately, in the world we live in today, that's kind of like a dying thing. Yeah. Uh, but that guy, Chris Olivero, lives it. And we should all have a friend like that in our lives because without him – 
Yeah, well, I, I don't know if I'm walking right no. now. I don't know if I'm no. on this planet without that guy. No, it's true. So, uh, and, and look, he took a risk, but to your credit, you're being very, very nice and humble, but to your credit, you paid it back. You took over. Francesca was struggling. You became yeah. number one. Uh, next 30 seconds, Craig, once again, give out the details for tomorrow night and folks that can still get involved. Yeah, so listen, kids come for free. Um, so if you, if you, you want to bring your kids, there's going to be a tons of kids in the ballpark uh, tomorrow night. So just show up with your kids, no problem. You come in for free, obviously, while you're there. would be great if you can make any kind of donation at all, a dollar, whatever it is, to the Lem Foundation. There will be opportunities throughout the ballpark to do it. It is a charity celebrity softball game. First pitch will be just after 6 o'clock. We have a live band there. We've got entertainment. And it's just going to be a bunch of guys that you know of playing softball in a friendly manner, uh, seeing who uh, takes the very first Lem Foundation trophy. Uh, it's Staten Island University Hospital Ballpark, which is right there, I think, on Richmond Terrace in uh, beautiful Staten Island, one of my favorite boroughs. And uh, there's plenty of room available. So please, if you're looking for something to do tomorrow night, Get your butts out there. All kids come for free, and uh, it would be great to have you out there. And you can watch old man Sid Rosenberg <laughs> limp around the bases. Four inches. You know what you should do, Sid? I might have right before the game. We're, we're, <laughs> you know, sometimes people say, hey, listen, I'm running a marathon. Will you uh, support my marathon run for this cause or that cause? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we should have people put money up if Sid Rosenberg can run around the bases in under 60 seconds. <laughs> well, the good news is Staten Island University Hospital is only two miles away from the ballpark. Make sure there's an ambulance parked outside. Hey, uh, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Radio's loss is Fox's gain. I'm really happy for you, man. I really am. You're a stand-up guy. I love you. So congratulations on everything, and we'll see you, Craig, at the ballpark tomorrow night. Sounds good. Appreciate it, as always. And uh, start stretching now, kid. You're going to need it. <laughs> yeah, you got it. There he is, folks. Craig Carton. Congratulations to Craig on his way to Fox Sports full-time. And hopefully you join all of us on Staten Island tomorrow night. We're done. Great week. Lewis, I love you. Justin Ellick, I love you. Uh, Noam, I love you, too. We'll be back on Monday, everybody. Have a great weekend. Happy Father's Day. Sid loves you. Peace. I touch my soul.